I think honestly, you know, uh, there there's a there's a bright future between between you and I because of you know the information I'm about to reveal on the show for this for this first time. Um, I recently just dropped some cache on a PC rig. Thank and I've God. been slowly revealing it to, to people who I play games with and, and you know, people on this show. And I know Glitch from his YouTube, so, like, I he was one of the first people I told. And, you know, he and I have just been talking literally the last, like, hour about, like, games we want to play and, game, and games we're going into. And I can't help but sit here and just get so fu- fucking excited for, like, the idea of getting to play games with like lots of pasta people and like stream it for our YouTube or at least capture it for our YouTube um, and post it on there because I, it's just, it's something I've always wanted to do. I'm a big fan of, um, I would say Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, uh, car- cartoons, Ohm Wrecker, uh, H2O Delirious, like there are just there's some good people out there who make some funny fucking content and i you know i think you know the sincerest form of flattery is imitation so i am going to try to elevate lots of pasta to that type of status and i think we have just the type of crew to to get some silly shit out there on the youtube and really just blow up our youtube as opposed to just doing this podcast so when you know, I, I, I almost shed a tear because three years ago I was like too broke to live on my own and I was just oh, starting this really podcast weird. as a fucking joke because I would spend all of my money on weed and I, I'm sitting I'm sitting here now, you know, almost at our four year anniversary for the show, ding ding In ding. Spirit. And I'm sitting <laughs> next to virtually We've sitting next to each other on the internet. A fan of the show who I don't even know in real life. Fuck yes though. Uh, I'm so and hyped. we're gonna start and we're gonna start gaming together. Like that's that's how that's how this show opens doors. That's what I'm saying though. So like you can expect us to play some games and the first one I'm gonna give a fucking shout out to is Phasmophobia. I have been watching everyone play this fucking game. And I have sat back going, Jesus Christ, I Dude, need I to drop a thousand dollars to play this $13 game because, 
And it's not even that. It's it's not even that. It's not even... I don't give a fuck about ghosts. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about hunting ghosts. I want to watch my friends die next to me and laugh at them as they get strangled by something that. I cannot see with my own eyes. I want... <laughs> no, that's that sounds awful. That sounds awful. No, what I actually want to do is I want I want to have adventures with my friends, and I want to... To do, I want to play the games that my friends have been fucking talking yes. to me about and telling me that I need to make the move to PC about for the last several fucking years. And and you know, Glitch and I shortly jumped onto the topic of the Xbox Series X being powerful but kind of useless because there's nothing great to play on it, and then yeah, the PS5 being remake, an eventuality, something that I know <laughs> I will buy at some point in my life, but not oh, anytime God. soon. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know about true. that. I'm 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 more so thinking of the next big game Naughty Dog does or the next big game uh, that Insomniac does. Um, much how much how I also now just yeah. realized that with Microsoft's um, kind of acquisition of Bethesda, that actually all that they'd have to do is come out with, like, the next <laughs> Oblivion and make it Microsoft exclusive, well, I mean, and I'm fucking expect, buying like, a Series X, like or, or I'm, you know, hoping that it gets, uh, yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. put on PC. Because I mean, now, with, now like, I get King to sit back and go, oh, Xbox. PC, So that's kind of a huge game so, like, changer for Square Enix Now I'm one of those people. So... No, it is. That's what I'm saying. Like, um, I, I mean, I, just, I personally it's just, it's thought just weird it was. To, it just, I don't. Uh, I mean, like, it just means Xbox is going to have more things universally. So, and one of the main things that I wanted on PS4 was my RPGs. So, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I like you. Like, like we were all already discussing too. Like Xbox, just sure. It it really is just about having a PC and just upgrading it. <laughs> <laughs> it's deafening. <laughs> your your silence your silence at the glance into the dusty corner that is Microsoft. Like <laughs> like they're sitting there with a spaceship and they're just like okay, well like who do we have to pilot it? And then they realize that like really the only person they have is Bruce Willis. And then and, and then they have the And dude he's from... just like, well, I was in a movie about Pirate <laughs> So, I mean, I guess. And, by the way, Bruce Willis is is the Halo series. <laughs> so, I am the captain now. That's, that's all Microsoft has. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Cortana. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm so fucking excited. Um, to the prospect of playing some of these games with some of these people, you know, I, I'll throw out some names um, just to get vaguely excited. Um, but it's like I know I know Frowns has a gaming laptop. I know Harold Heavy Hands has a gaming uh, laptop. I know Terry the Tickler has a gaming laptop. I know fucking Where Am I has a gaming rig. Deputy Dewey just built a gaming rig. You probably have yeah, an entire people. setup. <clears throat> I know Gestalt has been streaming his own shit for years, so I know he's good. I know Tenron has, like, a gaming laptop. Fucking Django Phillips has a gaming rig, I'm pretty sure. So it's just, like, almost everyone. Gnarly <laughs> Charlie. the list goes on, Jesus it's, Christ. It's, <laughs> it's literally... 
it's literally half of this podcast has like gaming setups. So like So you're saying it's just convenient. So <laughs> well I'm gonna say that the content is waiting. The the landscape hmm. has been formed. I I have now just purchased uh, uh US uh USS uh Dick Boat three thousand and here I come to collect all of my friends uh, to promote and, and create content for the Lots of Pasta YouTube, whether they like it or not. <laughs> and uh, and hopping, on, hopping on that boat is definitely going to be my guest today uh, on this episode, coming back for his second one. Uh, this is Glitch Blob. Yes. And, you know, I, we don't, we don't have like a, a huge following, you know, like we, we, we have some big numbers for a lot of episodes and I would say for the four years we've been around, I'd say, you know, a good, a good 3000 kind of width. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that I'm, I know that approaching our like four year anniversary, I'm like so thankful for all of the people that like reach out and like talk to me about the show or even just listen to the show week by week that maybe I haven't talked to. Um, but you know, like that's, that's where you came from. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, this you, is a you great built fucking your podcast. YouTube. If you don't listen to this, you suck. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, so there's, there's two sides to this conversation. There's the side that we are not, just like creepypasta readers i do not want to be lumped in with people who just open up their youtube and they have like a british accent and they're like the story <laughs> i'm reading is blank same it tone was a dark and stormy night it was a dark and stormy night as the dick went into the alley <laughs> and got fucked by the butt and you know, like I, I don't, I don't want to be lumped in with those guys, but I also don't want to be lumped in with, you know, just couch surfing review guys. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't think yeah, we're, like, Let's we're just, just a podcast about like anything. Well, it's like I, I appreciate the linear productivity of reading a story or discussing a specific topic, but I didn't want to have to do as much research about contemporary topics so i thought the entire world of online fiction was a lot more randomized and kind of interesting to jump into but i didn't want to just read stories or discuss topics i wanted to also like inject our own conversation and inject what we're interested in and and almost have a talk show aspect um, to the show, uh, you know, as as also a part of a, a critical commentary. So it's like, I don't think any other show like this exists. I don't know if, when, I, or I, where... I actually agree. <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> when, or where something like this will ever become popular, um, but the material will always be on YouTube, and I'm going, if, if anything, now, with the purchase of this PC... Um, <laughs> I think yeah, expand everything. I think we like I'm not like you know counting my ducks before they hatch or anything. I'm not like putting all these eggs into this basket uh saying that like we're going to blow up the minute we we move to like YouTube and streaming. I'm saying that the ocean gets larger because that's the direction we're moving in. We're going from a pond to a fucking ocean as far as, like, online content. 
and I, I cannot wait to dip my toe into so many of these products that, that we are going to explore together and, you know, just kind of create a, a brand new, I don't know, like it's, it's going to completely change the difference between what is just on Spotify and what is just on SoundCloud yeah. and what is on our YouTube. Like, I think... Well, I mean- so in my personal opinion as well, you have you have entertaining people with entertaining uh, craft as well as just 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 quality entertainment, and then you have as well as the knowledge of the nerds. Because like even our last episode, uh, how much time were we just sitting here talking about just like anime and games? Oh, dude, we. You know what I'm saying I, like, if, if just like stupid. If shit. I have the right person on the show, we will talk for 45 minutes about nothing that matters. Yeah. Exactly. It was almost like an hour of just just like bullshitting, and then we're like, "Oh wait, shit." We uh, the story, we the story, right? The story. the story. But uh, one of my friends that I just suggested, or I shouldn't even say suggested, I just uh, made a post a while ago, and I told him that um, I was doing another episode with you, and he was like, "Oh fuck, dude, I need to catch up on that other episode." And like, I was like, "Well, I mean, like, no pressure, but yeah, let me know what you think." And he was like, "Dude, I fucking love it. I love just it's it's more of a." Uh, I don't want to relate it to Joe Rogan podcast by any means, but like just the no, I'm I'm cool. Uh, interesting conversation of like uh, people. I don't know. It's more of like feels like you're sitting in a room with somebody than just exactly what you were saying. And then the time I went into the basement, and then I picked up phone, <laughs> and then a skeleton popped out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then a jump scare. Like right, okay, and and you know. I think you I think you said it and it's something I always constantly try to remind myself. Some of the best comments I've gotten about this show have been have been saying what you just said, which is um you know, you feel like you're sitting on the couch with us. You know, mm-hmm. like you're you're a part of this discussion too, like if you want to mm-hmm. be. Like like guys, Glitch Blob got on I mean, to this li- show. I mean, literally. Yeah. Glitch Blob <laughs> got onto this show because he was a fan of it and because he fucking talked to me. He went out of his way to message me on fucking Facebook and just say, Yo, I love your shit and I I researched enough about him to know that he had the wherewithal to, to join the team. Like that that exists that possibility exists yes. for anyone <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> that possibility exists for for almost anyone who listens to this show because i am not you know like the, the i only demand a certain couple things and and to the people who have reached out um i've told them the same thing you know like just just talk to me and we'll have a discussion about it and we'll see you know and we'll see what works and i know that you are not going to be the only fan i have on this show like mm-hmm. like as much as I'm taking that away from yeah, you, I you mean, were the first fan I, really I had on the show. I'm really hoping that'll start of many, though. You know what I'm saying? But it, like exactly like you're saying, though, opening doors to other people to do exactly what I'm doing. Like I am already it, talking to. Hell. I am already talking to who I want to be the second, um, and it's just and it's it's eye opening that that we've gotten to this place after four years and that we are still like a fucking train moving moving in a crazy direction so there you know that being said i am going to try to keep the podcast coming out every week um if it does fall back to anything it might fall back like to bi-weekly or a week and a half schedule 
um, because I do want to move to streaming. I know that a lot of the people who, and, and I say streaming, I think I use the wrong word. I mean recording and putting stuff on YouTube. I don't yeah. solely mean like Twitch because I know that like time sensitive is the last thing I want to be for people. I don't want people to have to log in live to watch me or to watch us do shit. I feel the same way. I think for certain platforms that makes sense depending on what you're playing, but something like Phasmophobia is not something I'm going to be want to play like live. That's something I'm going to want to no, have a small so contained experience too. with with just those people. So like, you know, there there are only certain games that I think I'm going to be playing like online with commentary, you know, on some type of, um, you know, Twitch or stream. Um, so it's it. I'm, I don't mean that when I say streaming. I mean capture card, like, recordings uploaded to YouTube. Like, my my first YouTube of, like, anything, any game I've ever done was with Tenron, and we did Luigi's Mansion. That was because I knew it was a game I knew well enough and could talk about and loved, um, to to, you know, just basically see what we can get away with um, for the YouTube, and I felt, and I still feel, walking away from that, that that was a pretty good, like, first, you know, stream, like, first capture to put on our YouTube. So now that I know that, like, we are now open to the possibility of, like, almost fucking anything for the YouTube, now that I have a PC, like, I am, who, you know, I am, I am ready I am salivating. <laughs> Quite literally. So, you know, I I, I think, um, you know, the, everyone just keep an eye peeled for the YouTube. Try and, if you only follow us on Spotify, if you only follow us on SoundCloud, um, if you only follow us on any of these platforms, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, what have you, I implore you to hop over to our YouTube to look up Lots of Pasta on YouTube and just give us a sub or or give that Luigi's Mansion playthrough another watch. It's the, I, yes. I believe it's the featured episode For on the YouTube. So all that you need to do is find it and watch it. Um, the first episode is just me. The parts two and three are with Tenron. Um, and I think ultimately... It's like a two and a half hour watch. Yeah, and, yeah, I would say about. Honestly, and, also type in and, lots of pasta. Let's play Luigi's Mansion. Yes, and it'll be that, the first that, one to pop up. That probably that probably does it, and um, you know, I just I want to give that another shout out because I don't really feel like I ever shouted it out on the show. It's I feel hella like I kind funny. Of just, I just did it, and then I put it out there on the YouTube, and I don't think I ever really promoted it other than on the Facebook. <laughs> Um, Honestly, if you want to hear Captain but, Death just, like, randomly rapping some random Luigi's Mansion shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, those those fat beats yeah, uh, in, uh, in facts, that though. game. Facts, though. Oh, my God. For real. Um, but we, you know, I'm, I'm not here. Uh, I do not I do not just have Glitch Blob back to stroke my ego. You know, as, <laughs> as, complimentary, as complimentary as he is, 
um, that is not his purpose on the, on this show. The purpose on this show is he is our he is our fan everyman. He is the he is the guy who who came in from outside the equation, oh, yeah. who I did not know, who jumped into our product, and he kind of keeps me on life alert for when I you know when I'm when I might be falling off or when I'm, you know, my, my paces get, get behind me. I, I kind of have to keep like a lifeline with him and just be like, so how are things, you know, like how, how you doing? Yeah, do you yeah. want to like, do a recording? A do you want to, do you want to get on? Do you want to get on something? Like, I know I probably for the last two months have just been like, do you want to record? And then like, it didn't actually happen until now. I'm just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> because I've, <laughs> you know, we are approaching episode 200. Mm-hmm. We we have we have just gotten our our four year anniversary. I think by the time this episode comes out, it's right around when we started four years ago. Slow clap. To ep- episode two. Thank you. Episode <laughs> two hundred is right around the corner, and it's no fucking surprise to anyone that I have something special planned, and that I have been meticulously calculating who can appear on the episodes leading up to two hundred. Um. The episode before this one is is a is a fun little surprise, or at least um, two episodes before this one. Um, I have someone back who hasn't been around in like a hundred episodes. Um, he's he's not the only one. There is also other people who haven't been around in a very long time who are hopping back onto episodes to bring us into the two hundred uh, episode, you know, special. Um, and and I'm I'm very thankful. Um, that we've been doing this for so long. I'm very thankful for our fans. I'm very thankful for for Glitch and for our listeners. I I wouldn't be doing this if people weren't supporting it. Um, you know, like this, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of research. Um, it's a lot of editing. You know, I would say above all, yes. it's a lot of editing. So doing videos you know if if the support is there i will continue to do this till the day i die which might be next week so it's just like (laughs) you know like i keep cranking them out i have i have tons of footage i have tons of things already saved i have stories lined up i i believe these episodes this is 185 with glitch blob um we just had gestalt on for 183 um deputy dewey on for 184 um, going forward from 186 to 200, I'm going to have like some OG people back for some, for some countdown episodes to 200. And then on 200, we're doing something we've never done before. So, you know, you got me excited. If we, if we are, you know, if we're bouncing around the map and it seems like we're doing stuff we've never done before, or if it seems like we're really trying to ramp up how crazy this show can be sometimes like that is that is because it is it we are pushing the boundaries of everything for what makes a podcast a podcast for what makes us us you know you will never be able to just typecast our show (laughs) we 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 will be able to do anything and i will stick my middle finger out at you (laughs) for every doubt you have so you know we are we're doing something different for 200 um i right now everything is on time i have not had to take any breaks i have not had to out schedule things knowing that um i'm going to need time later to do things the way everything lines up right now is i'm going to be probably filming 
I'm filming's the wrong word because it is a, it's an audio thing. <laughs> Re- recording. But recording um the 200 special sometime around like what would be considered Christmas break. Um you know going into like January and I'm doing that with a ton of people. Um so you know I'm I'm kind of saying this on the show live to kind of say like if we experience any hiccups where like things get pushed off like a week I'm allowing myself like one hiccup, but for the most part, moving towards 200, we should be good. Um, after 200, I might take a break and just try to build some stuff up on the YouTube, but I will be vocal about every every step of the way. I know, I know, I kind of take a break every year um, to just kind of you know. I believe, I believe, <laughs> I mean... if I if I hadn't taken breaks. The times I have, the show wouldn't continue, but also at the same time, we would have had, I think, like, 20 more episodes of the podcast if I had not taken those breaks. So, like, I acknowledge that, I accept that, um, I try not to make, you know, like, month-long hiatuses because that's how you lose people Mm -hmm. listening to your show, that's how you lose interest, is by not you know, making content for people. So, like, that is something I'm going to try not to do. But I also know that going into playing games on the PC or even playing games with you, listener, um, because I'm going to be totally transparent about anyone wanting to play anything with me online. Break that fourth wall. Like, I'm willing to rebuy games I have on console just to play them with people on on uh, the PC. Like, I know I'm going to rebuy Friday the 13th. I know mm, I'm going to nice. rebuy Left 4 Dead. I know I'm probably going to rebuy Dead uh, Dead by Daylight. Like, there are just things I, I know... all of those games. There are just <laughs> things I know people play, and I know that we're going to want to play them, and I am prepared, you know, to give my fucking, like, I don't know, uh, what whatever would be the equivalent of a gamer tag... Um, out there onto the into the like Facebook group for this show to just invite anyone to come and play shit with us as long as you can as long as you can handle that and you're okay with me recording it like that's you know I th- I think I think the direction we're moving in this show makes me like really fucking excited and I know that you just said that you're excited to know what the episode 200 special is um, if you remember when we're done recording to to ask me about it i will absolutely tell you what we're doing yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to like write that down on a sticky note because i think nah, i'm no, it's, it's i think way up in here i think we're gonna get high and we're gonna <laughs> get into some stories and it might just get lost when we when we're done recording no. but if you can remember that for like a fucking hour from now <laughs> i will tell you about uh what we're doing for the 200 special because i i it's all me I will, oh. That's the clue I'm going to give everyone. I'm going to try not to talk about it no, moving no, into 200 hour, because I'm going to say it is all me. See, that's one thing that I can't do, though. I can't, like, leave people in suspense. I'm just like, nah, here's the thing. Oh, I'm a spoiler <laughs> by nature, but I can't, yeah. I can't fuck this up. This is something, <laughs> this is something I've been trying to do for a while that kind of touches back on on things I've mentioned on the show before, like, like, I can't, I can't bring, 
like like people know I play D and D, and people know that like mm. I've made like a LARPing oh. type of game that I've played with people, you know, in various places. Um, I call it like the Thing game because it's based off mm. of John Carpenter's okay. The Thing. Like, like that actually sounds hella. Funny. I can't I can't bring that to the podcast like in any way, shape, or form. No, there, there's so many there's so many uh, wires that can't be crossed. I feel like in a certain aspect as well, especially when it comes to to gaming compared to like a creepy pasta or something like this. C- correct, right. So what I have done is I have found a way to let's let's just vaguely say I have found a way okay. to to bring the creepy pasta into an interactive aspect. I'm not going to say anymore because I think I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, wait, so like this? We're like, no, wait, I should just shut up. So, so that is that is all I want to <laughs> say. Um, if and, and, and if I were to sell it to anyone without giving it away, you know, like if I were to sell it to you, like if you were like a product designer, I would just be like, look, if you've listened to this entire show, you know, if you have listened to mm-hmm. 200 episodes of Lots of Pasta, by the time we get to episode 200, you might know what we're getting into more than anyone else. <laughs> there are people I know who listen to this show who have, who are already on their, like, third time of listening to this entire show. They just go back and they re like whenever they Honestly, catch up I, to I'm present, right now, they to go honest. back and they just start from like episode like thirty and then they re-listen all the way up to current. Like, I love you guys. The people that do that, I fucking love you because like not only are you keeping us you know relevant and giving us continuous listens, um, there are people who reach out to me every week to talk about the episodes. I I love that shit. Um, you know, keep doing that. But if you are the type of fucking person who has gone back and has listened to this show three fucking times fold, you might be able to know what we're doing when 200 happens better than the fucking people on that episode. <laughs> and that is where it's going to get funny. <laughs> and I that think, is where... From... <laughs> Sorry. No, what are you going to say? I was like, just even from like the last episode, we even, uh, I think, talked about something specifically that I'm thinking is giving a hint to that. Oh, probably. Unintentionally. I don't know what I say on this fucking show, man. (laughs) Someone probably already knows. I might have, I originally had this idea back on episode 100. I wanted to do this for episode 100, but I got, I got too fucking, I got too fucking bogged down with with having to, like, move and shit around the time 100 came out. I think I just graduated from fucking college when 100 came out. (laughs) So, like, this is two years later. I'm in a completely different place. Um, I I have had the time to to develop this thing, and I'm really fucking excited about it. And it, and, and I'm... We are 15 weeks away from you guys hearing that, and it might be a colossal fuck-up, by the time we do it, but it will happen. <laughs> so if it if it is a colossal fuck up, it's it's going to go down as a colossal fuck up. It's going to happen. So you know that's that's all I really want to say. 
So with that out of the way, um, you know, I think I think this episode, I, <laughs> I think this episode <laughs> is a fun little you know, um, a throwback of sorts to to what made this show in the first place, which is just finding random stories online that connected us mm-hmm. to to our product. So it's like you brought up the the first story we're gonna read. Um, in your first episode, and you said that it was the first creepypasta you ever read? Yeah, it's been actually about ten years since I've read this. Oh, shit. Okay, well, yeah. I'm I'm super excited <laughs> to read it. Um, I don't know if, um, do you, do you want to, like, switch off? Is there, like, dialogue? Um, uh, sure. I'm fine with that. It, it looks like a half and half, kind of. Okay. Um. I'm fine with that. If, if there, I, I, so you've read this before. Mm-hmm. It's been and, a very long and time. You've, and you recommended it to the show, not just because it took your creepypasta virginity, but because you also like this story. Cherry. Yeah. So I think, I think in that case, I should read for, like, the narrator and for, like, what's happening. And because I've never, I've never experienced this story before. Um, okay. And then... We will either switch off halfway through, or you can read for all the characters. Um, I think we should switch off halfway through if you're okay with that. I'm I'm totally cool with that. Okay, but okay, uh, you know, let's let's talk about the story a little bit. Um, so the the story is mm-hmm. called "Follow the Arrows," and mm-hmm. you initially mentioned it as like um, the times where you've been like fucked up going to like a concert. And, like, you, you've just mistakenly, like, found yourself somewhere else, and you've been like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, in semblance, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just more of, like, uh, stumbling upon something that is just, like, a little bit more, like, I don't know, you, you would think that it's, like, something of the kind of scene that you're currently in, and then you get completely removed from that area, and you're just not even, <laughs> yeah. It's it re- a whole different fucking, it reminds it's kind me of, of a different story. The idea reminds me of like left right game a little bit. Mm. I feel that. The idea of how like oh well you take your first left and then you take your next right and uh you're in a different dimension now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely wouldn't say dimension. It's definitely like it, it I think it kind of uh maybe I'm like overselling, you know what I'm saying? But what oh, really no, got no, me no. when I first uh first uh read this was it was just, like, just enough, like, realistic things that you're like, oh, damn. Like, it's like watching, like, like some really fucked up TLC show about some, like, crazy shit, like, killer <laughs> compared to, like, you're just like, oh, I'm just watching fucking Casper. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, right. No, no, I, I do get that. And I think... Like, um, oh, shit, that happened in my home. <laughs> like, so you you think this is slice of life. This is, this is something yeah, yeah. that can happen to you. This is something that... Um, is almost real, you know. This is something uh, that you you may have even feared once, once or twice in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like that. I think that's fun. Um, something something I fondly miss reading on this show, and also like wish I can bring back are the search and rescue stories. Mm, and it's just I because very much agree. there there is a clarity with those types of stories and that type mm-hmm. of storytelling that immediately puts you in the person's shoes. It immediately puts you into the, like, well, the requirements aren't that hard, are they? Yeah, Have you yeah. ever walked through a forest before? <laughs> and and yes? honestly, you being, like, <laughs> you being on the East Coast in general, like, 
just having like i mean obviously i'm in fucking barren ass desert uh, denver so like but I'm, I'm thinking about like my time in new york like that shit is fucking real i have like uh i've seen some sketchy shit in the woods in new york oh absolutely Dude, I've, i have had to, exactly that i have had to physically walk away from bears <laughs> like you don't have to I tell mean, me i've how had to run away from like are. homeless people in the middle of the woods with some fucking shotguns that was a weird weird old shack in the middle of upstate new york not a fan not a fan Oh, that's some Resident Evil 4 shit right <laughs> Yeah, there. yo, facts, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I would have pooped. I would have pooped. Yeah. <laughs> pooped myself in that situation. I would not be running. I would be sharding the whole way. Absolutely. Um, so I want to start this one. Uh, this one's called Follow the Arrows. This is a creepypasta uh, given, given, suggested by our, our wonderful guest here, Glitch Blob. One evening... I met my friends Jeff and Dave in a bar for a few drinks, and when I went to the bathroom, I walked into one of the stalls, I happened to notice some writing on the door that read, follow the arrows. Yo, like, wah, 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 name drop, like, I love when media is just like, <laughs> immediately. Let's, let's throw the title into the story somewhere. It's like, you know, you know at one point, while they were filming Jaws, you know, like, the guy who plays, <laughs> the guy who plays Quinn wanted to turn to the camera and be like, you might find yourself in Jaws. And it's like, and, and like, and like Steven Spielberg, like, looked at him and said, yeah, no, that doesn't work. And they, like, cut it out of the entire movie. But, like, welcome to Jurassic Park. Like, no, that feels yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, that feels yeah. a lot better. It so, feels like, natural. So, like, you, you ever see, uh, you know, you know if, like, Vin Diesel, like, looks at the camera and goes, <laughs> we're fast and furious. Like, you know you're in the right Seven, place. <laughs> 18. Why am I still doing these movies? Cause Finn. No, I just see Vin Diesel, like, in the pacifier, just, like, looking at the fucking camera with, like, all, like, kids strapped on. Like, this is the pacifier. Yeah. I looked around, but I didn't see any arrows. So I didn't think much more about it. However, two hours later, I had to use the bathroom again, and as I walked out the door, I accidentally bumped the light switch with my shoulder, and the room went completely dark. But that's when I noticed it. On the ceiling above my head, there was a trail of glow-in-the-dark arrows. They looked like they had been there for quite a while. I was intrigued. I wanted to follow the arrows and find out where they lead. Like, you know, this is just like a crazy, sketchy dive bar, you know? <laughs> it's, um, we're, we're about to fall into, like, the, um, the White Rabbit, uh, yeah, yeah. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist yeah, yeah. I, I of Creepypasta bullshit. Episode, I, 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 I remembered game. it, I remembered it the minute, the minute. Because <laughs> I already forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> you are the Cat Dennings of my podcast. <laughs> Nice. I went back to the table and told Hefe and Dave what I had discovered, and they were curious too. We decided to investigate. What a, what a group of lads! It's like, oh, you found this sketchy ass thing. Let's fucking go for it. I just see a whole bunch of like punk guys in a dive bar with like leather jackets. Like, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely not. Let me let me crush that <laughs> metaphor for you. It is me. Punk Satani Trill, and where am I? Just walking around Florida going, oh, that looks like fun. Frowns is back at the room crying about how much his feet hurt. 
I love this. We decided I to investigate. I went home and got a black light. Yo, nice. It's kind of like a small flashlight, but illuminates things that are invisible <laughs> to the naked Yo, eye. Yo, because I live above the back. It's because whenever I splooge in my bedroom, I love to see what kind of Jackson Pollock it makes on the wall. Yes, I made a little doggy. <laughs> I like to do the Rorschach test with my jism. Yeah. <laughs> Dave and Jeff were waiting for me, their faces full of excitement. I went to the bathroom and tested the black light on some of the painted arrows, and it worked like a charm. They glowed. There's another white right stuff, too. I don't know where that came There's, from. There was also some other shit all over the bathroom, and I don't want to... Some of it looked like arrows. Is that jizz? It has to... You know it is. That's that's why there's that weird hole in the wall in the one stall. <laughs> we followed the trail of arrows as they led from the toilet across the ceiling of the bar and out onto the street. With my black light, I searched around for invisible arrows on the ground, and I found one. I followed the arrow, keeping my black light inches from the ground, waving it back and forth as Dave and Jeff followed close behind. A few feet away, I found another arrow, and then another and another still. I was following these arrows down a sidewalk for about two blocks, and we started wondering where the hell these arrows were taking us. I would say that um, I, would be, I would be genuinely concerned about where these arrows yeah. are taking us because that sounds like uh, a child trafficking <laughs> type, yeah. type of strategy. It's like, like, see, so you go to the bottom of the corner and you go to the bathroom and then the arrow will show you where to drop off the kid. If if some if some dude, uh, you know, introduces himself in a suit as, like, Mr. <laughs> Smith, uh, I'm, I'm going to yell abort I'm at out. the top of my lungs. <laughs> Finally. Hello, Mr. <laughs> I got to an arrow. <laughs> I got to an arrow pointing us in a new direction. It was a driveway leading to an empty lot that was surrounded by tall metal fence. Already nope. Yeah, I don't know, man. We couldn't see what was inside. The arrows led up to a gate. Jeff pushed on it, but it was locked. We decided to jump over the fence. Jeff went first, getting a firm handhold at the top, pulling himself over. I put the black light in my pocket and took a running leap at the gate. Dave gave me a helping hand, pushing my legs from underneath until I tumbled over the fence. Then, Dave followed, hauling himself over the tall fence with surprising ease. We found ourselves in what looked like an old parking lot. Weeds sprang from cracks in the broken concrete. There was I, a weed and crack? Oh, oh, now it makes sense. It's a homeless building. If you follow the imaginary things, it leads you <laughs> to all the drugs. <laughs> Come to my shop. Some hobo, some hobo steps out of the shadows. Come with me, and you'll see <laughs> a world of pure drug hallucinations. It's like a top hat. It's like a can opener. <laughs> yes, it's just one big like Folgers like coffee yeah. coffee tub. Yes. I yes. pulled out the black light and quickly found another arrow. We followed the new trail slowly and it led us up to a small shack in the middle of the parking lot. I know what this is, said Dave. It used to be a drive-in movie theater. I think that was a concession stand right over there. As we approached the building, we saw that it was boarded up, but there was some faded lettering on the wall that read, Popcorn! Mm -hmm. Dave Popcorn. shrugged. Mm -hmm. So what? 
the arrows lure people to buy popcorn. <laughs> so, no, well, it's just detective popcorn. Well, I was gonna say uh, it's fucking uh, uh, Redenbacher. He's like rubbing his hands. Like, he's hiding. He is covered head to toe oh in butter, and he's liquid, completely he's completely butter. naked. Uh, you know, covered head to toe in butter, just rubbing his hands together, going, "Yes, more have come, more have come for me." Um, we walked around I, the building. Like, that's a grain in my brain that that's not going to go away for a few weeks. Yeah, you're going to walk down the grocery aisle and you're going to see, like, his face on the box <laughs> smiling at you and you're going to be like, no! Like, you're going to be like, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. PTSD! PTSD! We walked around the building until we came to the door in the back. It was secured by a combination padlock, uh, but my black light picked up something scrawled on the door in paint. Uh, glowing paint. It was a series of numbers. One, three, Five, six. Jeff entered the numbers in the combination lock and pulled it open with a satisfying click. He pushed on the old door and it swung open with an ominous creak. Jeff peeked inside. I can't see anything, he said. But I peeked inside the door, shining my blacklight. It was useless. I cursed myself for not bringing a real flashlight. Just as I was about to suggest we head back home and return another day, I heard a click and a dim light appeared in the old building because Dave had found the light switch. This place looks like it hasn't been used for 30 years, said Jeff. Look, look at this parking lot. There are trees in it. <laughs> just, I just, just want you just like, brother, brother, trees in there. <laughs> oh, that was actually Dave. <laughs> you could read that line in Dave voice if you want. <laughs> Look at these parking lot, bro. There's, there's, like, trees in it, man. The electricity is still on, I replied. Someone is still paying the bills. We walked in and saw that the interior was surprisingly clean, giving me some Barbie.avi vibes that I want to run away from immediately. <laughs> Apart from a thin coating of dust. It was the sort of dust you would expect to find in an ancient Egyptian tomb. The shelves were empty, and the cabinets stood on the far side of the room. Dave walked over and cautiously opened it. Wow, look at this! He exclaimed. The shelves were packed with candy boxes. I re oh my god, it is Redenbacher. He's coming. <laughs> oh my god! Cracker Jacks, the first one. I recognized Cracker Jacks and Hershey bars, but the labels Every box were very eyes old. as I walked by. <laughs> Dropping my blacklight on the floor, I grabbed excitedly for a giant box of chocolate. But before I could examine them further, I heard Jeff say, Guys, check this out! He was standing over a hatch in the floor. He pulled it up and was peering down into darkness. Maybe there's another light down there? He said. He went down the set of steps that led into the cellar, and Dave and I followed close behind. Trying to find a light switch, I was halfway to the bottom of the stairs when I heard a click, and a dim light bulb flickered in the dusty basement. Found it! Oh, wait, that's... Oh, yep, that's uh, Jeff. Yeah, I found You're it. You're good. We walked towards the light, bumping into empty shelves and strange debris. Canvas bags like sacks of potatoes littered the floor. They were covered in dust. One of the shelves, I spotted some old film canisters, and we hurried over, reading the titles. And it seemed uh, to be mostly old monster movies, you know, Dracula Returns, Night of the Wolf People. I didn't recognize. I didn't really got that movie's mixed up. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I didn't recognize any of the titles. We all jumped when we heard a loud whirring sound. It seemed to be coming from near the stairs, and it sounded somehow familiar. Like an electric power tool. Through the hatch at the top of the stairs, we saw the shadows shift and change. At last, the sound stopped. We stood for a moment, our hearts beating hard in our chests, and then we all ran over to the hatch to investigate. My mind could not comprehend what it saw. The hatch we had just come through only moments ago was now blocked by iron bars. Jeff ran... Wanna play a game? <laughs> Jeff ran up to the... <laughs> it's, it's Redenbacher, and he has the jigsaw <laughs> oh on his... And he's just like, You found yourself <laughs> in my basement of popcorn and demise. To, in order to it's get really out, like... you must eat one full bucket of my caramel corn. <laughs> and then sit in the sauna. But if you, luck. if you don't eat it fast enough, it will turn into a hard clump and choke you in the throat. <laughs> Just like curdles on his face in a spiral. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jeff ran up the steps as far as he could, grasping the iron bars, rattling them violently. They wouldn't budge. There was some sort of motorized contraption attached to the bars. It was so dark, though, that I could barely make it out. I reached into my pockets for my black light, and that was when I realized I left it upstairs. Fucking dummy. Fucking dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Jeff stood next. <laughs> we both said it at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Just like, fucking, dude, fuck that guy. Fucking newbie. You deserve like to get trapped horror in movie trope. Yeah, fucking facts. basement. Jeff stood next to me and God. held up his cell phone in the dim light. I could just make out the giant metal box that has mounted to the basement ceiling. If there were a way to access the device, I couldn't see it. Dave gasped suddenly and ran over to one of the canvas bags on the floor, and he dragged it into the light and worked to untie it. And when he was done, I saw him look into the bag and make a sound I never heard before, something between a scream and a moan. <sighs> He started hyperventilating, so Jeff and I ran over and looked in the bag. At first I couldn't tell what he was looking at, and then I saw hair and flesh. I dropped the bag and vomited violently. I tried to speak, but vomited again. Jeff- I gasped, my throat raw. Uh, this is Dave. Your phone. Call the police. Call them now. He's vomiting on my shoes. <laughs> I put my hand on Dave's shoulder. He was slowly rocking back and forth, trying to control his breathing and calm himself. I looked around. There was about a dozen similar bags on the floor. Jeff eventually got through to someone on the phone, and he explained where the bar was. And how we had walked several blocks to the parking lot with the fence around it. How he told them the concession stand and the basement with lock iron bars. I grabbed the phone. Look, there are dead bodies in the bags down here, dozens of them. And the woman on the other other end just said, "Just stay calm. I want you. Oh, wait. It's a, just stay calm. I want woman. you to just stay on the line with me and give me your names, okay?" We told her who we were and answered her questions, and I knew we should conserve the phone battery. Maybe she's a burly woman. She, all right, I won't judge. But she was our lifeline out of this crazy situation. 
after we, we don't making prank calls. <laughs> no one believes that Redenbacher would actually do this to you. <laughs> oh my god, sorry. After we'd is am I saying his name correctly? Am, am I Dave? No, 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 no. Uh, the guy who makes popcorn. Oh, Redenbach, Orville Redenbacher? Orf yeah, Orfield? yeah, I think you're good. Orfield? Or is it Orville? Or Orville Redenbacher? Now, now I feel weird because I think I'm just saying the fucking the Orville show. I think it's no, Orville it is, Redenbacher. No, it is Orville, and I, and okay. I was correct. I was like, I, I His last name is Redenbacher. Oh, man, the title <laughs> card for this episode is going to be weird. <laughs> Follow the Redenbacher. Oh my god. Okay. I don't even know where we are. Uh, the, the, <laughs> After we I knew I knew we should conserve <laughs> the phone batteries, uh, but we knew she was our only lifeline out of the crazy situation. After we answered all of her questions, she said, You know, making prank calls to an emergency rescue services is a very serious claim. And my uh, blood turned cold. She thought we were joking. As that's actually, like, that's not part of their job. Because even when someone makes a like false call, people still go check it out. Yeah, you still have to. Yeah, you so still like to that's out. not actually how someone from the nine eleven would. would She's like, I'm sorry, you're dying. Fuck you. Right. Like, <laughs> must be probably. must be a temp. Must be a first day on the job. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a carrot. As calm, oh fuck. As calm, <laughs> they're already dead. As calmly as I could, I croaked, ma'am. I swear to you. I have never been more serial in my life. Please send <laughs> someone down here. If we're lying, you can arrest us. Just send someone, please. Young man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have better things to do on a school night? I heard a click as she hung up the phone. She, she didn't believe us. Give me the phone! Said Dave, and he dialed the operator and spoke calmly and deliberately. <laughs> operator, I'd like to speak to New Hyde Park Police, please. Yes, it's an emergency. No, I don't want 911 or dispatch. I want the police department. There was a moment's silence, and then he spoke in a deep voice. Hello, officer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'd like to report. <laughs> I'd like to report <laughs> some teenagers hello, causing hello, a disturbance. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. I like to disturb. I like to report some teenagers causing a disturbance in an abandoned building. They're throwing things around, smashing bottles, and wrecking the place. I saw them dragging a little girl down in the basement. Sounds awful bad. Just awful bad. <laughs> Someone needs to get their butt down here as quick as they hurt that little girl. Brilliant, Dave. Just brilliant. Well, it's brilliant that he, like, he almost makes it seem like they're going to be responsible for all the dead bodies. Down yeah, there. So, yeah, just like, it would be awfully bad if you didn't mirror. Like, oh, man. Brilliant, Dave. Just brilliant, I thought. I could have kissed him. He gave the officer the location of the lot and the description. It was perfect. After answering some more of the officer's questions, he begged her once again to hurry and hang up on the phone. And just then, we heard the sound of a car pulling up outside. Wow, that was fast. That's not the cops, I whispered. Dun, 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 we heard a car door open and close, and then heavy footsteps tramped across the gravel. Jeff ran over to the hatch with the iron bars. We're down here! Help, please, we're down here! The footsteps were slow and deliberately overhead. 
A pair of work boots and dirty blue jeans appeared at the top of the stairs, and Jeff stumbled back down the stairs. He looked pale. I looked up and saw a bear of a man standing there. He was intimidatingly large. He was smoking a cigarette, staring down at us. You could take it over from here. Okay. Uh... Excuse me, sir? I began, but he just walked away as if he hadn't heard me and went outside. We heard him get something heavy out of the vehicle and then... Oh, I scrolled. And then drag it inside. Whatever it was, he sat down with a thump. Then we saw plastic tarp rolls across the iron bars. Moments later, we heard the sound of duct tape. The hatch was closed, and we were alone listening to the sound of the man working. Working. We were sure on something evil. The sort of evil that is rarely seen. The sort of evil that you don't let any... Don't live to tell anyone about. Suddenly, we heard a hissing sound. It was high-pitched and steady. I was confused. Yes! Said Dave. I think he's pumping some sort of gas in here. We ran around looking for the source, but within minutes we were giving glowing light. We were growing lightheaded. Jeff collapsed in the corner. Dave rushed over and tried to help him, but he passed out as well. I slumped to the floor, feeling myself drifting to an unconsciousness. I heard sirens in the distance, and then there was nothing. When I woke, I was lying on the concrete floor. I tried to sit up, but my arms were so weak they gave out on me. My head felt like it weighed a hundred pounds. I heard coughing behind me. Startled, I rolled over and saw Dave as he began to come around. There was a moment of confusion as I looked around the dusty room. Then it all snapped back into place. Adrenaline pumping, my muscles found new strength. I grabbed Dave's collar. Dave, we gotta get out of- <laughs> I stopped mid-sentence as I heard a voice upstairs. Excuse me, sir said the voices. We've had reports of a disturbance out here. Have you heard anything <laughs> unusual? There was a long pause and then a deep baritone voice said, Yes, officer. There were some kids in this place making a <laughs> hell of a racket. I came over here to run them off. You own this property, sir? Asked the police officer. The man didn't get a chance to answer because it started, because I started screaming at the top of my lungs. Hell yeah! Dave joined me. <laughs> re re yeah, thank you. He did the re at the same time. God damn it! That, that, he's got some Karens uh, down there. <laughs> There's so many Karens. Jeff stirred, but I was too busy running up the stairs and pounding on the hatch to pay any attention to him. Dave grabbed a couple of metal film canisters and smashed them together, making an unholy racket. If anything more was upstairs, we didn't hear it. What we did hear was a scuffle that ensued. The two men upstairs were slamming each other into the walls. One of them one of them fell to the floor with a heavy thud. There was a gunshot and then another. Finally, we heard a second body slump to the floor. We all stayed silent for a moment, praying the officer was triumphant. We heard nothing. Officer! I shouted through the hatch. I heard a moan, uh, and then a weak voice cracked. I... I think I'm hurt. I think... Oh no, Colonel Sanders is down. I think... And then there was nothing. Officer! I shouted again as I pounded on the hatch. There was no response. Jeff and Dave were behind me at the base of the stairs. We need to get the hatch open, said Dave. <laughs> <laughs> My heart was pounding. 
Dave ripped the metal bar from one of the shelving and wedged it in between the iron bars. He started pushing with all his might. A small rip appeared at the tarp that had been duct taped over in at the last opening. I immediately began crawling into the thick plastic like a crazed rat. Jeff grabbed another piece of metal and stuck it in through the bars, trying to get some leverage. We heard a groan of bending wood followed by a loud snap. The hatch and part of its frame swung upward a few inches. Something was on top of the hatch, keeping it down. I pushed through the bars with my bare hands as Jeff and Dave redoubled their efforts. We heard something heavy and metallic topple over and crash to the ground. The hatch door opened wider, and I could just about poke my head through the opening. A uniform officer, police officer, laid, a, laid several feet away. Something was sticking out of the side of his head. It was a kitchen knife. It was ghastly. Ghastly, dun, dun, ghastly. Dun. It was Colonel Sanders in the outside with the knife in the face. <laughs> the, the worst thing about it was the man's eyes were still open. He was staring directly at me. His bare hand was still grasping a gun. On the other side of the room, a large bear of a man was clutching onto the wall, trying to pull himself to his feet. I could see that he'd been shot in the leg and the shoulder. He looked determined. I stretched out my arm and tried to get the officer's gun, but I couldn't reach it. I strained my arm to its limit, feeling the iron bars press against my flesh. My fingertips touched the barrel of the gun. The dying policeman managed to push the gun closer to me, and I just got a firm grip. Giggity. <laughs> Quickly, I twisted my arm and pointed the gun at the large man. The bars made it difficult to aim. By the time I got my arm facing in the right direction, my view of the man was obstructed by the hatch door. I've got the gun, <laughs> I whispered to Dave and Jeff. The cop's almost dead. He can't help us. The big eye over there is... The, 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 the big eye's over there, but I can't get a clear shot. How many bullets? Dave hissed. I don't know, I whispered. Maybe none. Dave whispered. We could get under him and try to shoot him through the floor. That's a badass shit. Some, we uh, heard the man I was going to say, some, that's some, uh, what is it, uh, Hateful Eight shit right there. Oh, 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 facts. <laughs> Just fucking riddle through the floor. Fuck that shit. We heard the large man groan and move closer to the hatch. I tried to aim the gun in the direction and waited waited with bated breaths for him to appear. We heard the clanking of the metal canisters, and I watched a large cylindrical container get pulled towards where I knew the man would be. I squeezed the, the trigger and fired a shot. The sound was deafening, and the kickback from the gun, from the small gun, was much more than I expected. My ears were ringing, and there was a sharp pain in my wrist. I heard the sound of frantic movement from the other side of the hatch door, and a noise that was like someone tr turning a valve. An ominous hissing started to fill the air. The gas again. Jeff and Dave both helped me as we desperately tried to dislodge the iron bars that were holding us prisoner. We worked together, pushing, pulling, and twisting, bopping it, and turning it, and pressing it until we finally <laughs> gave way just an inch. <laughs> bopping. <laughs> Dave, Dave grabbed the contraption on the side and started yanking hard, giggity. Jeff and I pulled our weight on the bars, and at long last, the enormous contraption fell. Dave took a step or two back towards us, but collapsed at the gas overtook him. I was starting to feel faint. Jeff pushed the frame out of the way and climbed out of the hatch. I tried to follow him, but my hand was spitting, 
My head was spitting. Suddenly, I saw the huge man spring out from the hiding place. He had a wrench in his hand. And clobbered Jeff over the head with it. I was having trouble thinking. Where had I put it again? Where had I put the gun? I didn't see it. There was no time. I needed air. I pulled myself with the hatch and inhaled deeply twice. My perceptions were dull because of the gas. And so I did not expect the blow as a man slammed the wrench into my face. I tumbled over and collapsed, my body half in and half out of the hatch. I felt the gun next to my hand. I must have dropped on the frenzy to try and pry the bars loose. I grabbed it and swung my arms upward, shooting wildly into the dark. Then I lost consciousness. I felt myself falling down, 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 into nothingness. <laughs> then I awoke. I was being loaded into an ambulance. I grabbed an armed paramedic who was lifting me in. My friends? I mumbled. What happened to my friends? The paramedic just gave me a sad look and shook her head. They finished loading me into the slam and slamming the and slammed the doors. I closed my eyes, too weary to think, and drift back into unconsciousness. One year later, there was a memorial service at my school. Whoa, that's... I showed up with my girlfriend. He, he was really in that, that paramedic <laughs> yeah. stuff for a very I long went, time. I was passed out a really long time. <laughs> One would say it was a coma. <laughs> I was wearing my best suit, and in my hand, there was the gun. There was a piece of paper with a speech on it. <laughs> I walked to the podium and cleared my throat. I said just a few words about how I met Dave and what a great guy he was. I told him now how he'd be discharged into a full room of potentially deadly gas to help Jeff and me escape from a madman. I went on to another officer, Stanley Bell, who had died that night, leaving behind him a wife and two children. My voice sounded funny through the speakers. The damage to my face was extensive. I'd had two surgeries, and there is one more scheduled for the fall. I look okay, but it affected the way I talk. It affected the way I talk. <laughs> when I was done speaking, I walked over to Dave's family and hugged his mother. She didn't want to let me go. Dave's father patted me on the shoulder as he choked back a sob. I walked back to my seat. After the service, Jeff was waiting on the front steps. The blow he took to the head had knocked him <laughs> oh, damn. Knocked out the vision in his left eye. He wore it says he work. Yeah, it's obviously good. he wore. He he he, he work dark sunglasses uh -huh. to hide his wandering eye. He didn't say much to each other. I just hugged him and patted him on the back. On the news the reporters talked about the thirty seven bodies and canvas sacks that had been accumulating since nineteen fifty seven. They showed the artist's rendering of the killer. Based on my description, he is still at large, and his identity is still unknown. The police told us the concession stand had been rigged with motion sensors that, when set off, would lower the iron bars to capture curious trespassers in a dungeon of death. They said the killer had triggered a silent alarm that would send a signal to his phone, and when somebody entered the trap, I tried to remind myself that I was one of the lucky ones. I was exhausted and went to lay down in my bedroom. My girlfriend followed me a minute later and wrapped her arms around me. She remembered to leave the light on. Nowadays, I always sleep with the light on. It it has a very abrupt ending. Um, yes. I I like it. I like a lot of it. Um, that was a good... I agree. Really, really reading rereading it, though, it really does just like be like, oh my god, some crazy shit happened. And then one year later... Um, and I'm, I'm okay with that for the most part, but I don't, I don't necessarily understand why he's afraid of the dark now. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't really understand they, that either. To be they honest. had turned the lights like, on I, in I, the shed and the light on in the basement. There was no. I, I don't think there was no point think, like, where the they light wrote would be the thing that I'm afraid well, of. Well, for me, there was no point where they wrote that the lights turned off. Agreed. So why is he afraid of the dark? Maybe he's just afraid of going to sleep. I think that's. He's just a little. I think the. I think the idea of being knocked out makes oh, him oh, makes him uncomfortable. You know, like I. I think that last line could have been written. So then. the story. What what strikes me as like a really great opener and a really interesting circumstance, almost like a uh, like a toy box killer type of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like I I get that and I follow that. There's a little bit of Jigsaw in there, uh, a little bit of Orville Redenbacher in there. You know, like it's <laughs> it's it's good, but like what they miss is the specificity. What what this person doesn't have. Mm-hmm is the eye for detail to make the story make more sense. Yeah, really. They have the bare bones of what makes a very interesting story, but like then it's like, and then I found the gun. I must have dropped it in the (laughs) scrim. Like, no, you just didn't tell us where you put the gun. Yeah, yeah. That's not you I was like literally there was just a lack of detail. That's not like a story (laughs) assumption that you just made. That's you're not playing your characters very well. You're just remembering that you wrote these things. And then a thing. And then another thing. So while I'm while I'm oh, gonna go ahead and say that this is like, in no way, b- like a bad, like a bad story, it, it's just you know it definitely needs like its edges rounded and like sh- a little sure bit and and for the most part I would say that I I enjoyed reading it so like at the end of the day like that would make like a a pretty good movie like that would make a pretty good like Shutter uh, yeah. you know like a Shutter exclusive like like yeah I agree a little short like it wouldn't it. It has the potential to be, like, green room quality of, of oh, good. Yeah. I didn't even If you were to get, that. like, a fucking, like, a... It has, like, that 10 Cloverfield lane, like a, like a John Goodman, mm-hmm. you know, to play the big guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It has the potential to be, like, a terrifying film. Um, but I have a feeling that it would fall the way of, like, I don't know, Bloomhouse bullshit, like, escape room. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like, you know, I... On one hand, I think it's really cool, and on the other hand, I think it like definitely needs some work. Um, but that see, like this would be something that uh, uh, was it a twenty four, right? Yeah, a twenty four would do a, nice would do a for. great fucking job at adapting something like that. But mm-hmm. you know, I I think it just needs you know uh, a little exactly a little that, bit of like a little bit of update. It needs someone with a keen eye for detail to kind of pull that together. And like definitely in retrospect as well, like. You know, ten years ago when like Reddit was first like, uh, you know, a young or, child. Yeah, or like, even like in creepy because I, I, th- I think I found this. Yeah, yeah, I think I even like I think this was even found on like 4chan back in the day. To be honest, right? I think you said um, that. But like, yeah, at, le- at least for like when it when it like first started, I was like, damn, I and like obviously read some like more throughout the years and everything of the sort, but like, yeah. Not not it was like bad. one of my intros to the no no the and that's genre. It was it was actually this and the what would be uh uh what the hell is it uh, Channel Zero's first season the Treasure Cove Treasure right? Cove is that what it's called Yeah thank you uh, that was like the first thing that I really like read with like this kind of thing like the a first lot visual of people, contact I saw yeah. like on a random forum a lot of was, people like, thought Candle what? Cove was was a very mind blowing like first story I know. I know another friend who started with like Russian sleep experiment, like oh, like oh, that had that had been around 4chan as like a 
did you know this happened type of thing? And then it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's completely debunked. It was just com- very interesting creative fiction. And I was like, I was interested at the time with that kind of stuff. Like, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Deltov's Pass. That's, yeah, Deltov's Pass. Yeah, the, 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 um, I think it's Dialtov. Dialtov. It's Russian. I was like, I always just butchered. Yeah, I always like butchered the shit out of the name. But like, things like that, just like ominous, weird, random things that are like a little bit connected to a semblance of reality that just like really. Really we, like, I think we read uh, that on on an episode. I think we read the uh, the, the fictional of of Dyatlov's Pass. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was even in in reference to a search and rescue story. But um, oh wow, what was I gonna say? I'm the worst person ever. You're fine. That that was probably your first like introduction to like the creepypasta world. So like with with you starting yeah. with something like. Candle Cove or finding the arrow, follow the arrows. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, like literally on a random forum. It's so a fun, like... <laughs> it's a fun intro. Um, you know, I I will always give a shout out to my creepy daddy, Slenderman. He he was the <laughs> he was the one. You know, he he yeah yeah he yeah, stuck I mean, with is, me enough. That is like the original. He stuck with me enough cryptid. that I that I I fell into the creepy pasta because of him. So you know, I. He gets my first shout out because I considered the stuff I used to read about him like OG creepypasta material. Because mm-hmm. even like uh, Marvel uh, Hornets, I, I, I feel shit. like the even yeah 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 I was to say, um, like the first I think it was like the first like I think it was like PS two like that first really weird Slenderman game I was like oh that was I don't just, know why it just like triggered me and yeah. I was like oh my god. This is crazy. That was a that was like a thirty megabyte game that was just released on the yeah. computer. You know, it was just yeah. it was just bullshit. Uh, like two thousand and six, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, quite some time ago. Yeah, no, it's uh. But like that, like Mothman Chronicles. <laughs> fuck yeah, I love Mothman. <laughs> Mothman's a good time. Um, yeah, fucking bro from X Files. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think that's cool. Um, uh, I'm writing something down because you literally just reminded me of something. Okay. I honestly, what I kind of really want a little bit more of, and I've been kind of like thinking about this for my own uh, retrospective stories as well yeah. for like scary yeah. shit, is I have just been rereading the fuck out of every single piece by Junji Ito. Oh, I was I was doing that last week. I was reading a lot of shit. Nice. I was reading a lot of shit. I just. I just really like, like, whatever the situation, whatever is going on, whether it's, like, a Tomei story or, like, or uh, Suichi, whatever the sort, or, like, just a random Uzumaki story, like, they're all so, like, placed in this other setting in a different world. So yeah. they're, like, kind of creepy and scary and ominous, but you can literally be like, oh, okay, I'm done with, like, reading fucking 20 chapters of that. I'm going to go to sleep now. Oh, yeah, I have no problem um, going to sleep after reading Ito. Like, yeah. I think I read, um, I, I literally read the, I think I read like, like the hanging, balo- uh, the, the hang balloons, uh, the suicide balloons. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I think I read like the armchair, the man in the armchair. And then I was just like, time yeah. to sleep. And I just rolled over yeah. and had like a really <laughs> nice, you know, like six hours. So it's like, I, I don't know. I, there, there's still something that you could displace. I do believe that about reading something like to, to that scale of horrifying. I think when it comes mm-hmm. to visually horrifying things, 
Um, I don't really bat an eye, you know. But yeah. But when it comes to like um, jump scares all day though, Jesus. Christ. But when it comes to like reading things and having to scare myself, I think I I do fall back on the unknown. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tend to think about this a lot, and I don't mean to like completely take us off what what we were talking about, but like. I do think about this a little bit, um, and specifically whenever Henry is going off about aliens <laughs> in any of the last podcast episodes, I do t- tend to think about, like, what would my human response be to genuinely seeing an alien? To, like, to like looking, oh, to yeah. look at no, one... No, I've thought that a million to times. To look at one and actually accept it, what would I do? And I think I, think I would run... Um, some people say <laughs> Honestly, that you almost fancy. fly it, into it's really an like animalistic the situation for sure. Some people say that like the reptile brain kicks in and it f- it pulls you into an almost <laughs> animalistic rage where you you feel the need to attack. I I don't because you just don't understand you feel threatened. To an extent. <laughs> you feel threatened yeah. so much. I don't think so. I mean. The only time I feel threatened is when, like, a Kyle gets in my face and calls me a fag. <laughs> so, like, that's that's about the only time that you'll you'll trigger me to, like, want to punch you. Um, I've, you yeah. know, call me that or, like, I'm around a girl and you walk up and you start talking to her when I'm very clearly there with her. You're like, bro. And, and they away. are not picking up the vibe i am putting down i will literally <laughs> i will literally look them in the eyes and tell them to fuck off so like i th- there are only certain times i try to be a wholesome guy um 95 of the other times. so if i were to see a fucking alien <laughs> i have a feeling that i would just be like you do you bro and run in the opposite fucking direction <laughs> it's like, like i'm fucking out this is a time and place thing whether or not you chose to appear here in front of me you know against your will or with your will you know so be it i'm gonna i'm gonna show myself the door see but it's it's all about the situation like if i was like fucking getting probed in the middle of the night and i see like a tall slendy slender man looking motherfucker and i'm just like oh my god it's not even an alien it's slender man or like you know what i'm saying if the alien looked like some predator ass shit i'd be like yeah nope but it was like some like nice ass small little motherfucker. They're just like okay, oh, okay. You you've made me say this, so now I have to <laughs> now I have to say this. If it was like, if it was so the the people the ones that probe tend to be short grays or uh, nor yes. Norwegians. Is that what they're called? Yes. Um, if it's a Norwegian, even like a dude or a chick, touching my butthole, I'm gonna wake up. And I'm gonna be like. Yo, yo, word, yo, word. <laughs> but it, oh, but wow, even, what a nice thing to wake but up even, to. Thank but you. even if it's like a short gray, I think my my first intention is is to get away from it as fast as possible. I I have jumped out of my bed before zero to sixty and three point five because I've I have looked in the night and seen something on my pillow, whether it be like a millipede or like a fucking spider or something. I have <laughs> okay. been that guy who jumps out of bed screaming and turns the light on to find the bug that was just crawling on my fucking face. Like See, I have been that dude. No matter how stoned I've been, I've I have jumped back <laughs> to clarity. Eat, no. 
in two seconds. So, you know, that's the situation. If it's a short gray, a tall gray, or even a fucking reptilian touching my butthole, I will try to get out of that room as fast as possible. But if it's a Norwegian of any gender touching my butt, and I wake up and I see them smiling down at me, I'm going to be like, I'd be like, you want to do this? This is so unlike I, me. I love you. Do you love me? This is so unlike me. I usually don't do this in the first day. <laughs> like for real. Anyway, you made me say that. But, so now, I, so but, that, no, now you're that's fine. out I, there I, honestly, in the digital stratosphere. See, see, the only thing that I have to say about the tiny motherfuckers is I like my mom took me to see Chucky when I was a little kid. So whenever I see like... <laughs> If I if I physically saw a fucking creature, like I swear to God, like I if if like a a, a I don't want to say midget dwarf a leprechaun size a small if, yes if a if a a person that is shorter than half of my size like even if it was a small child like sprinted up to me like You'd kick it as if it was like a Chucky shit yeah I would probably instinctively punt you would punt it I almost like, I almost feel that I feel that. But when like, I think it's of like, short, it's just unnatural. You're, like, you're like, oh my god! When I think of short grays, though, I think of like uh, destroy all humans. Those guys, they they kind yeah, of yeah, they get I up to like crypto. tit height. You're talking, <laughs> yeah. you're talking Chucky. He's two feet tall. See, I'm just saying that shit is is fucked if up. If a two the, foot no. tall thing comes running at me, I think yeah, my instinct is to punt it, almost like a small, also like, just like, like a small animal. If like a cat comes, so I've been around like a really yeah. threatening small cat. No, that's okay. I've literally before. actually accidentally kicked a dog, and I didn't mean to. I, I have just, been like, around like a very aggressive small cat before, and when they've come at me, I've legit kicked them across a room. So like, <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> Don't come at me. So it's like, I get that. But if it's like a short gray, I think I would look at it and register such an abject horror that I would need mm-hmm. to get out of there as fast as possible. See, I feel like it really would be like an immediate 50-50, though. Because like my immediate reaction is usually just like... like Punch? Yeah, I was, just, I was literally about to say Hit. right hook. Hit, get away from me. So like, like move away yeah, from yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. But but then again, if I was like, it, it really does depend on the situation. If like I if I'm like, know my surroundings and like understand that there's like literally nowhere. For, if I'm like in the middle of a field and like dude just chill in the middle of a field, I'm like yeah, I am so fucked. Uh, yeah, I mean that context just will accept. always define a certain situation. I think yeah, you yeah, know true. I'm driving down um, I'm driving down. <laughs> like, I don't care. I still a, see a single I'm lane <laughs> highway in the middle of fucking nowhere in like Bumblefuck Pennsylvania. Um, and something is standing in the middle of the road. Drive past it, drive past it. No, Go no, reverse. turn around, drive the other direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep that shit in your rear See, I feel like that's the, the worst, entire way. That's like the worst thing when people like in any general horror movie are just like, wow, there's a thing in the road. Let me get out of my car. I guess we'll just Fuck give, le- no, let me give them a ride. You're like, Go, they, they have an axe in a white, dr- there's blood in the, dr- stop that it. That was actually one of the, one of the most terrifying stories I think we've read on the show. Um, I forget who it was with. It might have been Sir Booberry. Early, somewhere in the first 30 episodes, I think. Um, There was a story about uh, this guy who was driving from, like, I don't know, Texas to, like, Arizona. 
Mm. And he's like traveling mm. up the highway. He hasn't this. seen anyone in 60 miles. And there's a body mm. in the middle of the road. What do you do? Do you get out and try to try to help the body? Or do you, you know, kind of inspect it from the safety of your own car? You know, like, I would say like 50-50, like five, five out of ten yeah, people I was to say a little bit would of both, get out honestly. of the car and try to help it. Mm. Well, in this setting, like 30 fucking people, like he drives past it and it gets up. <laughs> And 30 fucking people walk out of the Mm -hmm. tall grass to the left and right of the fucking, of where the body was. And I think I would shit. Yeah. I actually do remember that story. actually, uh, that was actually pretty sketchy. That's a that's a terrifying (laughs) fucking story. In the same vein of follow the arrows, you know, it's just like, it is, Mm -hmm. it is baiting on human instinct. It is baiting on how people operate. Like, it's baiting, like, you see follow the arrows, you know that five out of ten people are going to follow the arrows because they are just yeah. curious enough to do that. Like, someone, I mean, someone the falls the back on their like, human instinct to, like, help. You know, they see a body mm-hmm. and they see blood in the middle of the road. They fall back onto their mm-hmm. instinct to help, but the more inquisitive will look at the experience and say, why does the body look that oh, way? Hell why is it there? you know, and yeah. ask the right questions at the right time. I, I genuinely think I am the type of person to drive past it. And when I have it in my rear view, pull out my phone. And I think that was actually a plot point. Yeah. Call the police. I think a plot point in the story is that he didn't have service where he was driving. Um, oh, yeah. but yeah, like that's, that's the, you know, that's what I would do. I don't. Yeah, I agree. Like, no honestly, no matter what the fuck I in that situation, I am staying in my who's fucking around car. The dead body, you know, reporting the dead body. I can report it from mm-hmm. a safe distance. Like, I don't, I don't need to be drawn into any of that shit. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like people are so susceptible to like just basic generic like horror movie tropes. Like, it's just like, oh my god, there's a sound over there. Let's go it. Yeah. Oh my god, there's a sound from the basement. Let's go down there. Like, no, fuck no. I am calling the police. I'm, no. See, I would, I would follow the arrows to a point. (laughs) Yes, I would not have jumped over the fence. I think that is a huge, like, I would maybe. See, here's the thing. If I was drunk. I might have jumped over the fence and I might have gone inside, but I definitely wouldn't have gone down into the hatch. I would have. I would have. I would have found the candy. I would have found the candy and found it so funny that the arrows led me to candy that I literally would have just picked <laughs> like up the that's, candy that's and it. left. That distracted that there. Big yeah. bear guy would have shown up completely out of stock of any candy, and he'd just, You're just he'd away see and like rah, he'd rah, see rah. like one happy fat guy walking down the alleyway, <laughs> just carrying all their candy, and he'd be like, You're "Like yo, you trying to tell me there's a fuck ton of candy here?" Yo. It's like. It's like, I want like, nothing to do with the hatch. I found a cabinet full of candy. So no matter, it, it looked like that guy took like a good 10 minutes to show up. I would have been down the yeah. fucking alley, you know, back over the fence with like yeah, a Yeah, I would have been back at the bar. And somebody would have been like, where'd you get all the chocolate? I'd be like, don't Where'd worry you get all that candy? I'd be like, I followed the arrows, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. They're like, what? So yeah. What all the arrows? Never hear from them again. Oh, man. <laughs> like, wow, wonder how But anyway, that. I think we should get into this next one. I'm. This is another fan suggestion. This is coming from our, our, uh, our listener, Danny Boy. Um, he, he talks to me like every week. 
about the show, and I genuinely appreciate it. So always happy to give Danny Boy a shout out. Um, this is another creepy pasta that we're gonna get into. Um, this one, this one's called the Sealed Building, and I I felt um, I like this. unintentionally. I now realize that these two stories have a lot more in common. Like yeah, you know, I was gonna say they, it sounds very walking, familiar. You're walking <laughs> outside a building, simple. you find that it's sealed, but like are you the type of person who wants to find out what's going on in there? Or are you the type of person who walks away, you know, blissfully ignorant? See, if I was 12 and I was bored, I'd be like, yeah, let's break in. <sighs> now I'm like, nah, I don't even I'm like to draw those lines. Cause I know I'm the type of person who goes, no, nah, let's, let's find out what's going on in there. Like, like I've, <laughs> I've done geocaching and urban exploring, you know, oh, for so oh, long. I like see, I am the, absolutely the type of person who goes, let's, let's enter the creepy building. See, in, in, like, upstate New York, there's just, like, so, like, honestly, the majority of, like, regular little towns have, like, at least, like, a quarter of the town that's just, like, random old, like, abandoned buildings. And, like, me and homies would just we do that shit really all the time. We really don't have I've, that I've around come across me. some stupid shit. I am surrounded shit, so by farmland. I stay away. So, whenever it's mm-hmm. come to exploring, it's been exploring woods, exploring like an fields, and, and you might find an old barn. But mm-hmm. that's about it. When I moved to, to northeastern PA, that's when I started finding, like, shut-down coal factories and, like, mining pits and, like, mining oh, yeah. towns. Like, you know, uh, like, like Centralia over here. So I've never I've never been, and because it's still populated, I refuse oh to go. But if someone mm. ever told me that the people who live there finally left, I would go check it out. It only has a population of like eight people. Yeah, but they but they watch stupid. all ways. The roads come in. I don't I don't deal well with confrontation. Oh yeah, and it literally. So uh, there's also usually a guy that's like, I've been there twice. There's a guy that has like the Lone Ranger on the front of his big ass truck, and he just like sells little pieces of coal. Yeah, I but, yeah. I that's really cool that you've <laughs> been there. I actually I never even thought to ask you. That's really fucking cool. Um. I remember watching... I mean, it's honestly just a shit ton of graveyards. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. The, some of the spots, like, the ground is literally, like, still smoldering. Like, I, my foot, like, fell on a bit of, like, ground that was, like, just smoke pocket, yeah. like, came up. And I was like, <laughs> that's fucking sketchy. Yeah, I'm, I've always wanted to, like, walk down what I would consider, like, their main street and just see all of, like, the, the yeah. shutdown towns and shit. But, like, mm-hmm. I am not going to do that until that place becomes a, like, preserve. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that until there's like a fence around that place and people like, and and (laughs) you could, you could almost like sign in to just walk around. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, if there are like Rangers walking around, making sure people aren't getting themselves killed, like I'd feel a lot better. Um, (laughs) yeah, I agree with that. I feel that. But that's. Cause there are a lot of like sketchy things. (laughs) I mean, not to mention it it looks like like fucking Silent Hill. So like, we don't need, we don't need to, to induce those vibes. Um, (laughs) so yeah. Oh my God. It's snowing. So yeah, we're, we're looking at a sealed building right now. This is a creepypasta. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you take the start of this one glitch. Okay. (sighs) The sealed building. When I was a child, the school which I attended was particularly yet wonderfully interesting, whether it was in fact that it was surrounded in places by overgrown bushes, and opposite a strangely crooked wood which ignited my imagination, or perhaps the funny, eccentric, and sometimes fearsome teachers and kids which populated. I do not know. I'm not sure of when it was built, but, I, but it certainly stood out from the houses and quiet streets which surrounded it. 
covered as it was in a brightly bright fairy red paint, which drew in our eyes to it immediately. There it went from an age of five up until I was eleven or twelve, and like most children, I found both fond and cruel memories of it. Each day with a rucksack on my back <laughs> rucksack I would <laughs> I would wander past the crooked wood and wave to my to the lollipop lady. Mrs. Collins, she, a kind old she woman. She used to walk the docks and give a Yoshi. blowy to anyone. She was okay, known, she was known for like saying five dollars is five dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Twenty fucking fifty years later. She a always kind talked about how it was easier to suck dick without teeth. <laughs> when I lost all my teeth, the tension just made it easier. I, the profits went up. Okay. <laughs> they were giving me five dollar tips I'm my five dollars it was like two BJ's for one <laughs> five dollars is five dollars <laughs> plus tip a kind old woman whose job whose job it was to stop traffic with her bright yellow sign letting us cross in safety and after meeting my friends walked through the, the rusted brown gates into one of to one of two playgrounds it was rumored that in the past the two grounds existed to be separate boys from girls, both an understandable and utterly outdated concept. By the time I had went to the school, the first playground had been assigned for those ages 5 to 8, the second for those aged 8 and up. In the older kids' playground, there was a, there was, there's lay a small red brick building, which stood on its own, disconnected from the main school complex. It had long since fallen into d disuse and in fact had been sealed from prying eyes, its doors and windows walled up with stone and mortar, making it impossible to see what's inside. Have you ever watched Ghost Stories? Yes. The anime? Yes. Okay, that's all I have to say. Perfect. Its, pr <laughs> its purpose seemed a bit of a mystery, as most of the teachers seemed to skirt around the topic entirely, but of course stories spread amongst the wild imaginations of children, and in my school, the fondness for outlandish tales of tragedy and forbidden places often led to bizarre rumors and whispers, particularly pertaining to the sealed building. Obscurity is a fertile ground for the fantastical ruminations of youth. There's a lot of... I, I honestly really like how this is written. <laughs> yeah, I agree too. It, like, it, it got me a little tongue twister when it was like small red brick red building it's know. it's not when it's me not that it's trying to flex any type of big brain it's just it's just a talented writer well yeah i was gonna say it's like uh uh how do i say this in retrospect it's like obviously not to the extent of uh uh hp lovecraft but like just going into that little bit of detail just adds so much Absolutely. more visibility to the Absolutely. story with me and my friends when me and my friends were in a younger playground we would sometimes sneak down a narrow passageway, which would lead to the up, to the other and peek around the corner. There, we would see the other kids playing football or just hanging out. It is amusing how younger children look at their older peers, thinking that they seem to be, that they seem to be having so much more fun than us. But before we would be chased away by the janitor or a passing teacher, my eyes would always lead to the sealed building. There was something lonely about it, isolated. And when it was surrounded by yells and vibrancy of the schoolyard, its appearance suggested a, a grave silent to me. Some of the older kids liked to scare themselves 
and us, and told us dramatically that it had been used as a science department, and that there had been a hideous accident there, one which had produced strange and gruesome things, which had to be kept from the world. Even as a child of eight, <laughs> I knew it was made of nonsense when I heard it. Then there was an account that it had been a previous and rather brutal head teacher's office decades earlier, and that he had died there in a fire. His ghost obviously still haunted the place, and it was better to be that the vengeful old sod to be contained there, fuming at his desk as children enjoyed themselves and playing nearby. Again, utter garbage. I am getting a Baraska vibe. It's it's the idea <laughs> okay. that yeah, I feel, yeah, it's I the idea that. that something very real yet sinister mm-hmm. is lurking behind like myth and legend, and it exists in the ordinary as a scapegoat to the mature nature of what's actually going on. And I think that the way the guy is writing, that it almost promotes that, like, right off the bat. Like, here I am now, much older, much more well-spoken, able to clarify something I thought was childish, but yet ended up being, you know, a a big big deal. (laughs) There was, however, one account of why the place had been abandoned which seemed much more plausible to me. The building was, in fact, a toilet. Yes, a normal toilet. No frills, no secret laboratories, no dead spirits of an overbearing headteacher. It was simply been sealed up when new facilities were installed in the school to stop the children from climbing inside and getting up to mischief. But yet, despite this mundane explanation, there were still, in fact, tales to be told about the red brick, disconnected building and the other kids' playground. Although I had heard stories, it wasn't until I was in my fourth year at the school that I became immediately and, at the time, uncomfortably involved with it. The older kids' playground was flanked on three sides by a rectangular section of the school itself, with the fourth side separating from neighboring houses by a moldy, moldy, moldy and dark red wall. I think the OU is a European thing, so the person who wrote this is probably uh, very English. Which makes sense for like how they talk about schools, because like schools were not yeah, like yeah. this for me, and how it's how it's separated right. as well. Um, it was isolated from the other playground, other than the aforementioned passageway, and to the further the feeling of imprisonment was characterized by tall metal fencing, which rose up in places where a brave classmate <laughs> might have attempted their great escape. Yet there was an old gate which did not allow access of sorts, but like prison guards, the teachers tended to check on it regularly. There, in the corner of the grounds, lay the old building. Its windows were indeed enclosed in brick, as were its two doors, but the roof seemed unusual to me, being flat in places and surely gathering puddles of rainwater during the water seasons. I was, at that age, and embarrassingly still at this day, terrified by heights, it was much to my horror when I discovered that climbing up out of the roof of the old toilets was seen as a rite of passage of some sorts. Don't mis- don't misunderstand me. We weren't forced to go up there, but children can't- can be cruel. And when someone new to the playground shows weakness or fear, this would often result to them being picked on. Over the coming weeks, I watched as each of my friends climbed up onto the roof when the opportunity presented itself, dangling their legs over the sides nonchalantly once up there, one by one claiming their right to be in the older playground, while I succumbed to ever-increasing taunts about my fear and cowardice. 
Don't, don't disbelieve me when I say, I did try. Several times a ball would be kicked accidentally onto the roof and my classmates would turn to me to retrieve it. I even made it up some side, made it up to side. <laughs> I even made it up the side of the old drain pipe on a few occasions, far enough to reach my hand up and over to touch the roof surface. Yet each time I would fall. Fear to grip me in each admission of defeat. The name calling and embarrassment intensified. I can trace back a curious and probably terminable aspect of my personality to that time. You see, failure in front of strangers to this day does not bother me, but friends, family, even acquaintances. The very idea makes me break out in a cold sweat. Later in life, I followed a stereotypical path of chasing fame as a teenager, and I would have no problem playing in bands in front of those I did not know. But put a familiar face in the audience, and my nerves were, would take hold. The stakes of failure would be raised that much higher in my mind. At least. I had the opposite problem as a kid. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I am not good at performing to people who I think critically mean something to me. Whereas I have no, I don't give a fuck. If I don't know you, I don't yeah. give a fuck about your opinion. <laughs> Yo, facts. <laughs> um, for this reason, I chose an odd time to truly face my fear. One day after school, I waited outside the gates, watching as the other children children slowly siphoned out of the two playgrounds, kicking their feet through the autumn leaves. Parents escorted the youngest of my fellow students, while those of an older age walked, walked with their classmates, some eagerly, others not so, making their way down the hill, past the woods to their homes and the surrounding area. As the school became more even emptier and the teachers themselves began to leave, I walked down the street, entering the gardens at the back of the building. I was found that the rear of my school to be an interesting place. It consisted of shrubs, bushes, and an, and an ash football pitch. Our teachers never seemed to use the area for anything. We were actively encouraged to keep clear of it. Again, there were stories amongst the students that the children had been abducted while playing <laughs> there years previously. Whether that was true or not, I, I didn't know. Once I was as once I was as certain as I could be that everyone was gone, I sneaked through the bushes up a small incline to the rear of the playground. There, embedded in the wall, was the narrow brown gate which the teachers kept a watchful eye on. But as far as I knew, was never used. But as far as I knew, was never used. You're, you're fine. Um, but as far <laughs> as I knew, was never used. I assumed that it served a legitimate purpose years previously, but for me and my friends, it was a place where we could climb over to run around the school grounds at the weekend when no one was there. It was an exceptional place to play, one-man hunt with so many nooks and crannies to hide in. As cautious as I was, I wanted to truly attempt to get up into the roof of the, to of the old toilets. In my eighth-year-old head, I had visions of sneaking up there in the morning and surprising my friends, or running up there and heroically retrieve a girl's ball. In childhood, we think that those around us really care about our actions, but in truth, they're of little consequence to anyone other than ourselves. <laughs> yes, I have been bullied a little for not knowing, for not being as strong or as fearless as those around me, and that sense of public failure, of insecurity, while a potent sensation of a young man, while in hindsight completely exaggerated, 
was enough to give me the courage to at least attempt the climb. I had considered asking one of my friends to join me as I was nervous that a teacher might still be there. But I would get in trouble, and then so needed a lookout. But this would only be only have given me some someone to fall in front of. I decided to attempt it on my own. After waiting for what seemed an age, I slowly climbed over the gate, which rattled unnervingly under my movements, echoing out around the playground. Then, after hesitantly observing the hundreds of windows which dotted the school for movement, and happy enough with the absence of light emanating from them, I stepped silent, silently to the sealed building. Even though I knew I was even though I knew as little as an audience of one could affect my confidence, I partly wished that I had not been alone, as the building and its deserted surroundings left me feeling kind of uneasy. I knew, however, that if I just got up there once, that I would have conquered my fear and would be able to climb up on the roof with ease in future, hopefully putting my putting any name-calling to rest. I stood staring at the drain pipe, which would be my avenue to success, clinging to it as I did rusted fittings through rusted fittings to the side of the building. My mind back then was often clouded with the worst possibilities, focused on the most negative outcome. And as I began to climb slowly, I imagined what the drain pipe would wrench away from the wall, throwing me against the concrete ground at any moment. See, as as a the kid, I I feel like you know I'm I'm putting myself in his shoes, right? I am I am climbing things. I I was very I was a very small and very skinny kid, so I would climb things with relative ease. I was hopping over fences as a kid. I was like climbing shit. Like I would have rattled that pipe like twice in my hand, and then once I noticed how like <laughs> how how like, yeah, but, like how right, fixed good. it is, I would have been like, this is fine. You know, like he he is yeah, just go right He up. is so like, like freaking out the entire time of his actions that like I don't know. Like it's, it's surprising Every that he's not growing up like, with uh, so much more anxiety. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, uh, like obviously not gonna lie. There's a fucking reason everybody's picking on you, bro. He, like, he <laughs> is being very, very cautious. Like, I would say overly cautious for a kid, because kids don't tend to think of outcomes. Kids don't tend to think of ramifications. Yeah, yeah, think he, that far ahead, especially even at, when it comes to like he, his friends and like judgments with. Absolutely, like like he is very introspective. He is very he is thinking of hindsight. Kid, to you're, me, you're like kids don't hard, think bro. of hindsight. <laughs> like, yeah. To me, like things are very impulsive, very sketchy. Like you, you just yeah, you loosely yeah. just do things. Exactly like you're saying. You just you're just like oh fence, jump it. You're right. like why? Why did I do there. that? There's no. I probably could have like ripped my there. fucking leg open. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't I don't know. Like, just like, as much as I like this guy's writing, and as much as I think, like, a kid like this can exist, there is a poetic kind of um, liberty that's being taken. I'm kind of I'm kind of honestly waiting to see if it's, like, um, just, like, maybe his thoughts back, like, if this isn't, like, going to be the first time that he's going to the, the building, if it'll go up to be, like, but then in high school, and then when I left maybe. for college, and, like, I think the writing he's is, like, from a, a higher perspective. I think he's, I think he's doing this, this one time when I was a kid, like, I think, I think he's doing that. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Hmm. I mean, we still have many sure. pages. I didn't lose her. The stuff. truth is. 
The, tr the truth is that it did not move, no matter how much I believed that it did. Without a witness, I was now as far as I had ever reached, able to stick my hand up and above me and touch the edge of the roof. My heart raced with excitement as I began to believe that I really could do it, that success was in sight. I then made the mistake of looking back down, or looking, yeah, looking down to check my progress. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. The experience of height is something difficult to convey to somebody who has no problem with it, when in reality, I was probably no more than seven or eight feet off the ground. I perceived that this is a monumental distance. I felt my stomach churn, my heart beat erratically, and the world below began to spin and distort. Worse still, a loss of nerve permeated my body, leaving me feeling weak, and I could feel my grip begin to loosen. It is strange how the mind works, for just as I was ready to admit defeat once more in retreat, the insults and jeers of my classmates racing throughout my awareness as if they were present down there, taunting me. With what was, for me, a huge effort, I found myself continuing to climb upwards, my hand reaching out to the damp roof, and then before I knew it, there I was. And do you mind if uh, I take over from this point forward? No, not at all. Now that, now that we are up there, you have handled all of the yes, childish anxiety and physical <laughs> yeah. prowess of getting up on top of the building. Let me take us down into the depths of whatever the fuck <laughs> this story is getting to. Yeah, <laughs> facts. Yeah, I'm actually... Whatever really the fuck is gonna happen. Alright. Letting out a laugh of excitement, ha <laughs> A sensation of relief washed over <laughs> me. I could not wait for the next day to be up there on the roof, proving those who had been cruel to me wrong. Peeking over the edge, I still felt trepidation at the height, but nowhere near as much as I had done before. My triumph quelling my anxiety. Still, I was not too keen to remain there for long, so I decided to investigate my surroundings briefly, then climb back down to the safety of the playground and head home ecstatic. See, now that's not something the other kids would do. He mentioned the kids would get <laughs> yeah, up there, they'd dangle their legs, they'd jump back down and see, and be like, see, I did it. I think he's gonna get up there, he's gonna get up there and walk around, and the fucking roof is gonna cave in, and he's gonna fall in. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, he's gonna fuck up and fall in. Because that's what happens with old buildings. You can't walk around on the fucking <laughs> rooftop of, like, a Brooklyn yeah, dilapidated building. That's not a smart move. Yeah, yo, facts. Yeah, if you're gonna get up there, you have a, you have a fucking holding. <laughs> Still, uh, I, I read that came back safe. Okay, still I was not too keen to remain there for long so I decided to investigate my surroundings briefly, then climb back down to the safety of the playground and head home ecstatic. The roof was painted in a similar fiery red color to the main school building, but it had long since peeled and cracked, suggesting that it had been a long time since someone had been up there to give it a new coat. Standing up cautiously, I felt my legs waver slightly as my stomach churned against the thought of how high up I was, laughably really, at the height of the roof was probably no more than ten feet. Yet, no matter how nervous I was, the sense of triumph which I felt coursing through my body was truly wonderful. I walked slowly from one side of the roof to the other, careful not to trip as I did so, and the short walk from the drain pipe to the opposite ledge and back filled me with a feeling of conquest, as of someone patrolling their territory for those brief moments that roof, that building, was mine. Just as I turned to finally make my way back to the ground, I noticed that in the middle of the roof, there was a yep, hole. Yep, there you go. 
I'm not sure how I hadn't noticed it before, although it was quite small, big enough for me to fit my hand through, and little else. Curious, I took a few careful steps and knelt for a closer look. Yes. So he's gonna lose his There hand. was a hole, <laughs> and the light from the evening sky passed straight through it, illuminating what lay inside. I put my eye as close as possible to the opening without blocking the light, and was surprised by what I saw. Down there, in the darkness, like a perfectly preserved tomb, the old-fashioned white tiling remained intact. I could see the sinks where students years ago once washed their hands or flicked water at one another for amusement and three stalls, cubicles with strong, dark brown doors, lying there as if still used. The air inside was tinged with dust and age, yet if someone had told me that the building had been sealed only the day before, I would have believed them. All but for one thing, a layer of stagnant water which covered the floor, no doubt accumulating there from rain dripping in through the opening and the roof. Then, I became aware of a strong smell. One which left my eyes stinging slightly and my mood apprehensive. Yes, there was no doubting it. Someone was smoking a cigarette nearby. My heart sank as I lay there motionless, cursing myself for, making, for taking too much time on the roof to celebrate my victory. A teacher, or perhaps the janitor, must have stayed behind to work late and was probably standing in the playground below. I thought that there must have been close as the smoke smelled thick and oppressive. See, really, just the abandoned building. It's just like the teacher's smoke Oh, absolutely. House. I, I go in there and let, <laughs> let a fucking doobie fucking kids are killing Kids will me. never come in here. Tell them there's fucking ghosts in here. And shit. I lay curled up on the cold, wet concrete, waiting for whoever was there to leave. The now almost caustic smoke seemed to be increasing in strength, and several times I had to hold my breath, frightened that I would cough and be caught. I do not believe I exaggerate when I say that I lay motionless for half an hour, yet it took me all the time to make a simple yet unsettling observation. While I could smell the smoke and did feeling as if I was just inhaling just as much an unseen smoker themselves, I couldn't see it. I would have expected to have seen the smoke rise up and over the rooftop, but not even the slightest wisp was evident. The autumn sky was now dimming, and I grew frustrated as the cold, damp stone below me sent chills through my body. Wishing that I had never went up there in the first place, I felt hunger approaching, and knew that by now my parents would be worried about me. I persuaded myself that I could at least dip my head over the edge of the roof and quickly take a look to see who was there. Maybe if they were on the other side of the yard, I could climb down unseen. I slid across the roof as quietly as I could, and I slowly peered downward, sure to not make any sudden movements to attract attention. There was no one there. The playground was empty and the darkened windows of the main school building seemed as vacant as they had before. Yet, the smell and taste of cigarette smoke still filled my lungs and stung my eyes. And then, I witnessed something which rooted me to the spot 
a single, curling strand of smoke slid upward through the hole in the roof. Someone was down there. Someone was in the room beneath me. And you know that the ghosts of the kids go there to smoke their their cigarettes from hell because it's, <laughs> it's where they used to the yeah smoking in the boys room they're, you know they're just they're just a bunch of punks. Also, I just like for some reason see this as like a Japanese schoolyard, so I see a whole bunch of kids with like pompadours just like smoking <laughs> cigarettes. Leather. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, seemed exactly. impossible. As far as I was aware, there was no way inside. The building had been sealed off perfectly from the outside world. And yet there I was. A puff of cigarette smoke, which escaped first from the mouth of someone unseen below, and then through the hole in the roof to where I had been laying. My triumph of finally facing my fear of heights seemed distant memory, and now all I could think of was getting off the roof to the safety below, but the hole lay between myself and the drain pipe and curiosity being as gripping as a mindset as any, I decided to take a quick look inside before quietly making my escape and leaving the building behind. As I approached the opening, the smell of smoke grew stronger still, and as I peered inward, the thought of don't look filtered through my mind. It was too late. I had looked. At first... There was nothing. The room below seemed darker than had done before, but this could be explained by the dimming sky and my eyes adapting to the change. What could not be explained was the noise I heard coming from inside. It seemed distant at first, indistinct and uncertain, then it gradually took form, to me sounding like someone choking. I smiled to myself, thinking that it would probably be cigarette smoke, and that maybe some local kids had a den down there. But then suddenly, <laughs> in the gloom, my eyes were drawn to one of the cubicles, its door closed, and yet, and yet, I was convinced that it had not been closed before. I tilted my head closer to the hole, but my angle of view was shrouded from inside from inspection. As the choking sound increased in volume, so too did the smell of smoke. <laughs> then, sound and smell were joined by something which chilled my very soul. I panicked and let out a cry as the door quivered with impact, as if someone violently kicked it from the other side. Smoke now filled my lungs and my eyes watered as I could barely see anything both inside the building and out. And then it stopped. The choking sound disappeared. The smell of smoke had vi simply vanished. For a moment, I started to think that I had imagined it all. I gasped for air, drawing deep into my lungs, only for terror to take me once more in the dark silence, in the cold, damp, and forgotten room below. The sound of footsteps in water filled the air. And then... The cubicle door slowly began to creak open. I can't say entirely what took place after that. I believe I've blocked much of it from my memory. Apparently, 
the headmaster, an intimidatingly yet kind man by the name of Mr. McKay, Mr. Mackey, okay, had been... Yeah, I was literally <laughs> thinking, okay. ...had been in his office working late on the other side of the building when he was disturbed by the sound of my screams, and he rushed outside and found me on the roof, curled up in a ball, paralyzed with fear, sobbing. <laughs> After some reassuring words, he held me down and took me to his office, where he once again guaranteed that I was safe and then phoned for my parents to come and pick me up. I trusted Mr. Mackey. Okay. I trusted Mr. Mackey. Okay. Implicitly. <laughs> you can come off the roof now. Okay. There's nothing's... I won't hurt you. You don't have to cuddle in a ball of parallels. Now, now I'm doing a weird okay. Hank Hill. I turned to like a really quick like... I trusted Mr. McKay implicitly, and as I fought the tears back, I described everything that had happened. The roof, the smoke, the cubicle. As I told him the story, the blood drained from my headmaster's face. I have long thought about what he told me in the office after hearing my account. Perhaps he wished to frighten me, so that I and the others would never venture up there again. And looking back, it does seem to be a strange thing to share with an already frightened child otherwise. <laughs> this is making me more scared. <laughs> but he seemed genuinely okay. disturbed by the events I had conveyed to him. He told me that years before I had went up to the school that there had been a tragedy there involving a 12-year-old girl, uh, one who refused, uh, one who he refused to name. She had a reputation for being difficult. The teachers tried their best, sympathizing with her as she came from an abusive background, but they found her almost impossible to control, as she often threatened violence and had been suspended several times for fighting with other students. Well, one day, she decided to skip class and managed to persuade two other girls to join her by promising them a cigarette each. So, as the story went, the girls sneaked away when the bell rang for class and they hid in the toilets. The details of what occurred afterwards were less, uh, were less than forthcoming, but what was clear was that the poor girl had a seizure of some kind and died there and then. The other girls claimed that they had already left before this happened, but there were rumors and accusations of which mostly only whispered but many believed. It suggested that the girl had been with her friends when the seizure took place, and out of fear of getting caught smoking and skipping class, they lifted okay. their friend into the stall, closed the door over, and then left her there. Whether they believed that she would perhaps recover or not was the subject of speculation. The scratches and bashes on the inside of the cubicle suggested most definitely that she had continued to convulse while there, perhaps even in an uncoordinated attempt to escape and call for help. In the aftermath, the building was closed off and the school had, uh, the school and community attempted the, as best as they could to put the tragedy behind them. And perhaps Mr. McKay made the whole thing up just to terrify me, taking that what I had thought I had experienced and using it to concoct a story of some kind designated to scare me away from ever going back to that place. Unfortunately, a few unwelcome things transpired after that. 
I did indeed avoid the roof of that sealed building at all costs. My fear of heights was nothing compared to the dread which that building had held <laughs> for me. My schoolmates, of course, did not believe my version of things, accusing me of lying about the entire story just to avoid being made fun of. And as far as they were concerned, I never got up there. Lastly, I did have a recurring dream throughout my childhood, one of which I would wake from in a cold sweat curled in my bed, screaming. I know that in it, I would be lying on the roof, peering down through the hole into the abandoned place, but the memory always seems vague somehow. All that is left is an impression of a cubicle door creaking open and someone staring up at me from within. All right. Fun little, uh, yeah, fun pretty, little ghost story, I suppose. Yeah, I agree. That was fun. You know, I think, uh, I think it goes it's, without saying it's that, funny like, that, the whole idea of a ghost is kind of, you know, the whole, uh, dying in a, in a horrible way, yeah, tragic. you know, somewhere, the whole, uh, what, what do they call it? The, um things things they they people dying often think about the things they never got to do the what's uh, yeah, what's that called yes, yes, the yes. um the I, wish yeah, the wish is unfulfilled I, I, I can't think yeah yeah um, yeah so it's like uh, i'm trying to think of like an actual terminology i, f- I forget it, but, i'm yeah, too stoned uh the idea is that like you <laughs> die in a tragic way and there's so much left that you haven't done you know that yeah something that you linger you... the energy lingers the ghost yeah. lingers you know the the story becomes itself and that's that's almost all that you become you become this this spiteful kind of just energy that lingers in the area and sometimes people like tap into it you know I feel like I feel like also this kind of uh, I know we just talked about this, but this does kind of give me like a Junji Ito mm-hmm. kind of vibe. I know I, only, I did say that I was like thinking about this. The only thing it's missing was was a gruesome house. depiction of a girl. You know, he <laughs> yeah. he didn't see yeah, anything, agreed. and that's what and that's what <laughs> stops it from being Ito. Is Ito mm-hmm. makes his protagonists or, or characters always deal with their problems face to face. I was even uh, gonna say too. This would be like a nice thing to have like a small series. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Of things going on in the school kind yeah. of thing. Like, if they did, like, a few follow-ups sure. on this, that would be kind of sure. cool. Get more. Because you already have, like... Because it's, it's terrible when you have a horror movie, and it's, like, supposed to be really scary, and there's just a whole bunch of jump scares, and you're like, wow, the monster was terrible, and there's, like, nothing defining the monster or anything of the sort, or the ghost, whatever whatever the hell is happening. But, like, you already have, like, a, a pretty good, like, consensus of a tragic moment and, like, the ghost being placed here. So... Yeah, and and for the most part, I agree. I think, um, I I mean, I think it can exist singularly. For me, it kind of rings true of almost Mm -hmm. like an indie horror type of very real, like, kids, you know, um, coming of age type of, you know, it it wasn't quite as unnerving or as uh, deceiving as Baraska, but it was still up there with, like, the kids kind of tell stories to make light of an actual truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah, like, yeah, uh, there, there's always some sort of, for me, in, for me, in, what I compared it to the most, um, is like a less effective orphanage, you know, um, the, oh, this yeah. woman, you know, gets a job at a, at a Spanish, a Spanish, uh, um, 
you know, or orphanage, and, and she goes and she shows up, and all the kids tell stories about this kid who walks around in a mask, and then she starts to see him, so, you know, she walks around, and she tries to figure out what happened to this kid in the mask, and it turns out to be, like, a fucking ghost. You know, like, it's just, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting, you know, and I think, you know... It's just that, that urban legend, like, word of mouth kind of thing as well, also, like, even if this was, like, you know, very much a, a true story, even sure. whatever the sort, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's still, like, you still get the hype up of, like, even if something didn't happen, homie just passed out on the roof <laughs> and was just like, uh, like, I had this crazy fucking dream thing. Like, yeah. I I, I like that the stories we read <laughs> today were, like, they were, like, those real reels that just, that just get a little, yeah. uh, you know, a little spooky. Um it's I a little agree. dangerous. These, both these stories definitely connected on a different note. Oh, totally. And that was absolutely intentional. I, I enjoyed that shit. Oh. <laughs> no, I I put this twist. shit by random. There's there's <laughs> none of <laughs> none of what we read in the episode is planned. I know I knew yeah, no, I you and I were reading Except um, for yeah. I know that you and I were reading uh Follow the Arrows. Um, yeah. based off of the conversation we had last time, but I just picked something that I saw had length, um, but not, like, too long um, to go with it, and I thought, follow the arrows, sealed building, yeah, similar concepts, I suppose. Uh, the mundane, you know, something mundane that, that could lead to something scary. I think it's I think it's fun. Um, on, on a different note, I know I've, like, eight times been like, Jinju Ito, but have you yeah, watched... Yeah. Uh, or know of uh, Yamishibai? No. No? It's, okay, it's just a random little animated, like, Japanese horror okay. shorts. Very interesting. But th- both these stories feel like they should be, like, part of that. Like, it's just, like, it, they always start off with, like, a normal, like, day mm-hmm. situation, and then it immediately turns into something completely sure. different. You're like, I just went to school, and then smoke ghost. <laughs> or, like, I just went to the bar, and then big burly bear man. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I feel that. What What's it called? I, kinda, I always like like the shorts and anthologies. Uh, Yamishibai. Y a m i. Yami, s h i, b a i. Yami Shibai. Japanese ghost stories. It's fucking. It's pretty cool though. I literally like. They're all super short, but I like found them one night and I just like binged them for like six hours and like at like seven in the morning was like, okay, I should, um, crunch uh, you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I will check it out. Yeah. All right, cool. Fuck yeah. Um, I, all that I had to see was a couple, um, a couple images before I was like, yeah, I fuck with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we read, we read follow the arrows. We read, uh, sealed building. Um, I, I didn't particularly like love either of them. I thought both of them were really, yeah, both of them were very intriguing. interesting and very well written. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sealed building was very w- well written. I think follow the arrows oh, had yeah. some lacking detail, but but for the most part, <laughs> yeah. they were both very interesting and very mm-hmm. good to read. I think because no matter what the sort, I I always have to like think in the back of my head. It's just like like. Um, I don't know, th- these are all like just random people that are just like 
Why don't we just half-ass type out some shit that sounds kind of cool, and then it's just like, but also cool at the post. same time, you know, <laughs> we, we do need to be reminded of the real-life horror. I think there's only so many times that we can oh, read yeah. uh, sharp, pointy teeth, you know, needle-like teeth, before you're yeah. just like completely I mean, you unfazed can only get so many by that type jump of shit. Scares. So like, yeah. this this is yeah, no, this is this is nothing new. This is nothing um, crazy. But it, it does remind us that not every episode is about, like, reading fucking, like, monsters and shit. Like, reading aliens <laughs> yeah. and terrifying experiences. I think, like, you know, these episodes remind us that real life can be terrifying and that you should absolutely be cautious about the decisions you make in the life that you have. Like, you know, maybe don't climb the roof. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Yeah, look <laughs> I was like, like, don't get maybe into the don't fucking look hatch. Into the hole. Maybe <laughs> don't go down into the basement. Like, you were, you and I were talking about the Honestly, stereotypes it... in horror. Like, like. <laughs> Oh, there's a perfectly eye-sized hole on the roof. Like, nope, I'm good. I probably would walk. I would walk <laughs> yeah, right over it. Literally, or I would yeah. already be off the roof by now. Literally, yeah, literally done and away from that shit. You know, already. like this. This <laughs> is the shit that gets me in horror movies. Like you were just saying, like, like the oh my god, like the guy walks no, down into I, the I basement like, and there's I a box. In movies. The box is, you know. You're like, don't open like, the box, clearly, and they're like, I must you, open the box. You're like, God you damn open it! Open the box and it's dark. You can't quite make out. <laughs> what's inside the box do you reach your hand into the dark box like like fucking no Close that fucking no i don't i have Why no idea what's in the box, the box? <laughs> i am more likely to think there is something negative in the box than to think there is something positive so you know if if i reach into the box and a fucking scorpion stings my hand you know i i'm gonna be a lot less well, surprised than reaching into the box and pulling out like a fucking candy <laughs> yeah. bar which they didn't follow you know, follow the arrows <laughs> more chocolate you know, like, i i just that's how my brain works. No, honestly, and I think it's funny because, like, like thinking about it afterwards, honestly, that story could obviously be completely different. You just get to the candy and you're like, oh, fuck. Yo, trick or treat. All right. All right. Yeah, like, like literally done. Like, I'm not looking for any more arrows. I ain't looking for anything else. And somebody's like, there's a hatch. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, but I got a lot of chocolate I, over here. I pull out my flashlight. So, uh... I look into the basement. I see body-sized <laughs> sacks. And I say, no, nah, I'm good. And I just walk away yeah. full of candy. Honestly, anything with, like, a staircase that is going downward into darkness, descending into darkness. Don't fucking like just. Go also, the other way. also, don't, <laughs> there's no also reason like, for you to be down there. Like, and this is where, and this is where the detail begets the the writing of the story. But like, bodies decompose, and potato sacks are breathable, oh, yeah. and like, gas lingers, <laughs> and it's like, all of it, these. It did say it did say plastic, and then potato oh, okay. sacks. All right, but. But I, but I, I still, it's still the same you fucking thing. You smell gas. Like, you smell uh, necrotic uh, flesh. Yeah. Like you know, thirty-seven <laughs> bodies. Like you're ta- one of them. That's is, already more than one reason to, to smell leave. Really, to stink up a, a house. Yeah. You know, like thirty-seven. Like, come on. You're like, wow! It smells like something really fucking dead here. It smells like here. gas and uh, dead bodies. Let's like, go let's farther. Stay here. No, <laughs> let's go down and check it out. Like, no thanks, no thanks. So anyway. This no, was, uh, this was episode one eighty five with Glitch Blob. Happy happy to have you back, man. Fuck yeah, I think, homie. Uh, you know we'll we'll probably keep we'll keep downsizing. I think I think we're gonna. I think you yeah, and I work I better I feel on like a shorter keep, function. I, I just looked at so all. I think like. I just looked at audacity. I'm like, it's like two hours. Oh yeah, right oh, now. we're like, in oh. it, and it's. I think like. <laughs> I think like, you and I read like a long story. 
it's it's good. We re- we get through it and we talk a lot. You and I read like two short stories. Yeah, we talk even more. I think I think yeah. I think if we keep <laughs> working our way down, we'll just read entirely short stories next time, and and I'll I'll just and, yeah, and we'll, just, we'll try to talk less. <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Because um, even even like last episode too, like nearing the end, we were just talking about the story, and then we just got hella derailed, and then by the ending, we're like, wait, we were done reading uh, a while. Dragon ago. Ball. Oh fuck. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm but I'm gonna end it now about? to keep us kind of capped around two hours. But do any any yeah, closing thoughts? Anything call. you want to say? Um, kids, just listen to the Neon Genesis intro, <laughs> and you will always be hyped for life. That's all you wanted to say. See, I'd say something along <laughs> the lines of all. like. Hey, you know, follow your heart. Maybe don't follow the arrows. You know, if um, people are making yeah. fun of you, believe for in the not, heart of the cards, right. not the arrows. If people are are telling you to climb a building, tell them to climb your dick. Yeah, probably fucking don't you know, do like that. it. Yeah, be bigger. Um, can you climb on these be nuts? Be bigger than everyone around you. And I'm not talking physically, but you could also be physically bigger than everyone yeah. around you. That's that. It only helps. It only helps your, your point of perspective to, to be bigger than the problem. I mean, so just keep eating. I wasn't gonna say that either. Anybody. What I was gonna say was, <laughs> be the bigger person, be the smarter person, and uh, and kind of. Uh, I'm not like I've jumped out of an airplane. I I scuba dive. I'm not saying you can't have adventures, and I'm not saying you can't be curious. I'm saying that there are safe ways to do things, and there's bullshit like stand by me that'll get a kid killed. So like, yes, don't yes, good don't, reference. Don't do the dangerous shit to just impress your friends or to go on an adventure. You know, do, do be smart about the dangerous shit you do. Do not be chased out of uh, upstate New York by shotgun wielding hobos. <laughs> Yo, fuck that man. <laughs> I wait till the days end when the moon is high. A little lies with the tide with the lust for life. Out. Unless an army of a run is a horn, and then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore. I'll wait till days end when the moon is high. And then I rise with the tide with the lust for life. Out. Unless an army of a run is a horn, and then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore.